This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in, that's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all that counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. Hey, folks. Welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. Here me have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? I swerve when I drive. <laughs> <laughs> man I, I you know you remember uh on late registration at the end of last call when kanye was talking about uh like when he was still trying to shop that shop like trying to get signed and get a deal with all these different places and like rockefeller didn't really believe in what outside of production and he start and dame started hearing some of the records or whatever else and uh he actually rick rick like kind of like reconsidered, and he was like, you know, you're just not even really whack. He's like, I guess they thought like it just, you know, they could put it out, and if and if it doesn't work, they'll just throw Cam on every on every track or whatever. Say yeah. the album, say the album, man. This this a lot of uh, this pay per view felt like it was it was placed upon Hangman Adam Page and and Shane Swerve Strickland to save the album. <laughs> um, they, yes, they went out there and had a legacy game to save to save the promotion. Why does promotion need to be said every other week now, Rich? Bro, I I don't know, but um, I, so I guess I'll start when we get when we get to that review. Uh, overall, like we got a couple things to talk about. We got you know full gear, of course, Wrestling Observer newsletter Hall of Fame stuff, yep. including some shit that I feel like is an embarrassment and an affront to the institution. Actually, two <laughs> things really. Um, and uh. We got we got stuff in stardom as well, but um, yeah. AW Full Gear, as James mentioned, uh, up and down show. Um, there, there's just you know some stuff on the show where it was just like, yeah, man, it just it was just mid, and then there was stuff on there where it was like regarding everything that had to do with MJF, the World Championship, Adam Cole, uh, and you know whoever is is booking this program and angle um, with you know deciding either. They had to make it more likely for people to believe in Jay White to actually win. I don't know what they were going for, right? But I guess we'll start there. Um, kind of, you know, we had some pre-show matches: uh, Claudio Casnoli over Buddy Matthews, Eddie Kingston over uh, Jay Lethal. Uh, just kind of normal contest. Uh, we got to the uh, match with MJF and Samoa Joe against the Guns, and that. Um, 
you know, it was just kind of a standard match where we get a distraction by the returning Adam Cole. Well, not really returning, but uh, he hobbled his ass out there on crutches, uh, got that struggle beard going, and um, he's back out there. They, they do the uh, play the music and all that shit, and uh, I think I was watching Monday Night Raw or something, but, uh, you know, MJF and, and Joe end up winning, but <laughs> after the match, Joe hits the hay, he bounces, and um, the guns decide to whoop MJF's country ass and <laughs> give him the pilmanized uh, deal on his leg or whatever, like kind of like the upper leg area or whatever. And then he's fucking rolled out like ludicrous to the back, put in the ambulance, and he's doing all this overacting. There's like tons of people there. They, it's just the fakest looking thing you've ever seen. Just the most hokey, contrived thing. He's yelling, please, Adam, don't let them take my belt from me and all this other shit. And, you know, Adam Cole is like looking depressed and dejected. And it was just like... Why? And this is all on the pre-show, designed to make you be like, "Yeah, man, damn, I need to order this show." And then they're showing MJF getting destroyed. I was like, I was befuddled and baffled, and thought I was watching something directly out of the McMahon um, <laughs> booking sheet in 1986 or 2005 or 2015. Like, I, I I saw this shit, and then I was like, I can't believe we're doing. And then it continues past the we will come back to the opener. It continues after the opener where they do this uh, announcement with Tony Schiavone. He comes out there saying, yeah, we're going to just award the belt to Jay White and it's over and whatever. Adam Cole's music hits. He wants to come out. He says that he's replacing MJF to defend a belt. That he doesn't own, that Jay White has <laughs> in his possession. This is all fucked up. Um, I saw this and I was like, "This is awful. Why are we doing this?" They spent a ton of time doing this. They killed the vibe of the next match. It was like, and then like they essentially went through the whole pay per view, acting like Jay White and Adam Cole is a new event, new main event, while you knew. MJF was bringing his country ass back out there, and it was like, hey, man, why was all of this necessary? What is this shit doing on this fucking pay-per-view? Where are the matches? Bring these niggas out, hit their music, play the video package, get their ass in the ring. What are we watching this bullshit for? We haven't done enough. Like, they just decided to just, just ruin everything, and then the match. We'll get to that later. Okay, so obviously me and you have watched pro wrestling before and I've watched it for a number of years. So we know that once they do the whole angle, he's coming back and he's going to have the match. But let's say there are, because because apparently listening, listening to Dave Meltzer, there were people that were upset at this for two reasons. The camp that me and you are in is that they know that it's all just bait and it's all just fucking with you to give you the match with some type of, you know, bigger stakes that like or that give you a big belief that, oh my God, Jay White can win because of how injured he is and all this kind of stuff, but they're going to sing you through the part where, like, Adam Cole, who's even more injured, or just as injured as um, MJF, Rod is going to... everywhere. Sorry? 
logic gaps everywhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting to that. Um, is going to be able to is going to defend his friend's title, which is like okay, so he can't he. So why can't he defend the tag titles just fucking that he that he's won half of the championships on just like in the pre-show? Now keep in mind, like I'm watching all I, I'm hearing about all this. Like I didn't watch pre-show at all because I'm watching Florida State season go down to flame because Jordan Travis's ankle bends literally snaps and turns the left ankle turns the wrong way, right? Um, so I'm not watching any of this. I'm just like literally like at uh, 7:30, like his leg got seven twenty, his leg snapped, and now I'm just like. Fuck! I look at it as Gordon Hayward injury. I immediately know what happened. It's over. I'm like, fuck! I throw something. I grab my keys. I go on like a, on like thirty minute drive and come back for pay per view. Like, <laughs> I, I just I was how fucking furious I was. So I was like, God damn it! These fucking guys. Anyway, I'm, I'm going on Randy talking the wrong thing. But things back on back on the top on the topic we were talking about. So I tune in 8:05 and I see I hear about this. I'm like, wait, what happened? So he's gonna he's coming back. Wait, so he's not only do we know he's coming back, and let's say even if we're supposed to believe that like Adam Cole would be able to defend this title, it makes no sense because he's currently tab with the tag team champions and he didn't defend them just now when he could have, so why would he be cleared to be able to do it right now? It makes no sense. And also, why in the fuck would Adam Cole be able to def- be able to uh defend a title that he doesn't he does not have? He can't defend the title that he has. Then then it's like, okay, so yeah, and, we, and we've had interim titles in this company. So yeah, like, based on our own historical precedent, Jay White would be an interim champion for an hour or whatever. Cool, I don't care, but like, that's your own kayfabe historical precedent. If MJF wants to come back, Later in the show and had the match, you can have interim champion versus champion. And you basically do what you did with, with John Moxley and, and CM Punk in like an hour instead of over a week. Like, like, we're just going to microwave the shit that got, pe- that got people mad to begin with. You're going to microwave even, even further. So, um, but we all, so people are, are in two camps that displeased by all of it. People that actually fell for it and thought they got, you know, swerved and false advertised. And the people that know it's coming back, but it's all fucking stupid. So I'm like, wow, I missed five minutes in all this shit. Or I missed, you know, the pre-show, but like, I missed the first five minutes of the pay-per-view and like all this shit got dropped to me. And I'm like, bro, I'm not, I am not in the mood for this. I'm just, I'm just not, I'm not in the frame of mind, not in the mood for none of this. My page is really fucking thin right now with this bullshit. So we can go from there and go through the rest of the show and we can get, then we can get to some other nonsense uh, throughout that happened. That but you mentioned that um, the show, you thought the show was up and down. I didn't think the show was up and down. Aside from the main event and the best match on the show, which was the Swerve match and, and Hangman match, but like for the most part, all these matches were just just good. They're all just good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would say I would say the, uh, the 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 tag match with uh, the latter tag match. I, I'll, I'll give that four stars. But like outside of that, everything else is like eh, three and a half to three. Right. Except right. Except for maybe the Sheeta match, if you like, just hate the, the the interference or whatever else. But yeah, I, for, I just thought it was just a standard average match, and if not for one of the best matches in uh, in the company this year, we're talking about like just a whole hummer, a whole hum waste of fifty bucks for people that, that bought this pay per view, uh, for what a standard AEW pay per view has been for the past four years. Yeah, so we opened up with a six man tag match: uh, Adam Copeland, Darby Allen, and Sting, uh, trio of 
like very dope gear that they all got like put together for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I liked what, what Cope had on. Like NWO and, Cope in the black and white. I, I, I was feeling it. I can't lie. Like, <laughs> he, look, we, um, we can say a lot of things about white about, jackets. We we can say a lot of things. We can say a lot of things about uh, Copeland since he came back in 2020. The gear ain't one of them. Yeah, gear's it, been raw. Always it, been raw. It's, it's always raw. Yeah. Um, and you know they took on the newly named Patriarchy. Uh, Christian Cage, Lou Source, and Nick Wayne. This is like a uh, this is like a standard keep them away six man tag. Uh, it's kind of slow moving, but kind um, of. yeah, like they got heat like, on Darby forever. It felt like it Tim and like Terry were on Darby's him. ass for a while, <laughs> but I thought, I thought ass. the crowd was I thought the crowd was into it, uh, and I I actually liked the match. I'll probably go like three and a half on this, okay. and um, I thought uh, I thought the flare stuff outside the ring was funny. Uh, but I'm just like, man, this man Flair going, going, he going to get a bump somewhere. He going to find find somewhere to get in there to show I can get physical, I can do something. So Christian, you know, hits him with the low blow and all that. Nick Wayne's coming out there. Um, someone needs to tell Nick Wayne he needs to get a turtleneck too. I know he likes to wear the jacket, <laughs> but he needs to get a turtleneck. I actually like that idea. I really yeah. do. Yeah, he needs to get a turtleneck and and with cut off sleeves, and then um, you know, you, you know, he's small bird chest anyway. So right. you know, uh, but yeah, like I I didn't have like too much of an issue with this. I thought this was you know, it kind of leaves the door open for Copeland to uh, get his hands on Christian even yeah. further. Uh, Darby ended up, I believe, getting the pin uh, on Lucha. Well, Sword, no, he hit the and Christian he- abandoned them. No, no, yeah, right. But he he ended up hitting the final move, but Edge or sorry, Cope got the got the pin. Gotcha. Yeah. Um yeah, but you know, whatever. Yeah, I I, I wasn't into this match much <laughs> you were. I was like, why is this the opener? Why are they getting heat on Darby forever? He's the guy that's gonna be around five years from now. Like I, I, I just it's so is Nick Wayne. Um and obviously they're building towards a a Cope and Edge confrontation match eventually, but it's like all right. I see what you're doing. It is not something I actually want to see on pay-per-view. If you did this on a dynamite or something or a collision, I'm like, okay, cool. But I was like, this, this I, I feel like this is a, mis- a misuse of, you know, of, of Darby and Nick Wayne and staying on pay-per-view. Like they normally have better matches than this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, then we got the affirmation angle with Jay White and Adam Cole. And then they're like running with this and it's like going out. And the whole time you're just watching this show with like this angle in the back of your mind. And it's like, why are y'all doing this? Like none of this needed to happen. No. Like, like I, I, I heard Meltzer in this ancient here, Meltzer, because I haven't listened to him in a while now as far as rating some AEW shows or just reviewing any shows. Um, but to hear how much he liked the main event or whatever else, I haven't heard he, what he said about, uh, Swerve and, um, and Hangman. I heard he thought it was, you know, one of the best, sh- you know, a classic, or whatever was cool. But, um, to hear how he talked about that match, was kind of like, and then I'm like, yeah, man, there's, it's, 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 it's interesting because like, these are matches that like three years ago, he would not have been as kind to, but these companies are doing well with business and it's almost like, well, the business is good. Then these matches are therefore good. And it's like, nah, man, I think these matches, I think the business is doing well in spite of these matches in both companies right now. 
Um, so, so yeah, it's it's interesting. To, interesting He's to been think, very think kind to Roman Reigns on, and this is a Roman Reigns match. That's why he liked it. That's where I'm getting amazing. at. Amazing, amazing. Like you can't tell um, me 2016 Roman Reigns not wasn't better in the ring than the, what the shit we've got. We had to sit through Roman Reigns, you know, last year and a half, two years, whatever. You can't tell me. You can't you cannot you cannot no absolutely not. Fuck. So out. up next, up next we have the AEW International uh, Title match. Orange Cassidy defeats John Moxley, but man, this match I feel like the the whole building like was kind of distracted by and paralyzed kind of from what they just saw having to do with Tony Giovanni and Jay White earlier or just before this match. And um, these two had to get right to it. They only had 12 minutes. This didn't have half the heat or like excitement that their last match had. Nope. Um, And I don't know, you know, what maybe it was a situation with the belt. You know, people were kind of feeling funny about like, man, it's been hot. kind of. You know, like, oh, he beat him, but, you know, he's still got the belt. So he's, you know, he doesn't really get a graduation. So it's yeah. like everyone's kind of just like, oh, all right. So, yeah. yeah. So once they announced the match to me, it felt like the appropriate thing was for Orange Cassidy to win. And then it, I think about it. It's like, OK, so probably the plan was for them to have, you know, the match happened, the title change. One of the best matches in AEW history. And then Orange was supposed to get it back. And this continue. But. You know, the concussion happened, dropped off Phoenix, Phoenix, and then Cassie got it back from, um, got it back, got it from Phoenix. And then it was like, all right, well, this is where we're headed anyway. Um, so it did, it did, it did, it did dampen that a lot because like the title after being protected very well for, you know, all for most of the year, got all of a sudden just got, got just tossed around a little bit. Um, and it, it did hurt. And with Moxie being away, also it it hurt like the 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 build towards the rematch. So so yeah, still thought it was a very good match. I gave it three and a half stars, but it you know it just ain't even in the same realm as their uh, their yeah, first match. Not, not even in not, the same realm. First one. It was like they tried to kind of just like micro condense like the the closing sequence of the last match into like a twelve minute match here. Um, and, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't bad or anything. I thought you know they. You know, they had some shit going at the end, but it was so short and combined with that weird feeling, it just it wasn't on the same level. Yeah. Um, Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida. We're here now. Um <laughs> so the the bail that I shot Timeless Tony, oh, it's not near the title, anything like that. I knew it was a ticking time bomb. The belt was always headed this way with Tony Storm now, and now we're we're gonna get all the the timeless Tony gimmick and everything else. Carl Sheeta tried uh, to, you know, turn up the physicality on this. Match was was, physical. Just the finish is so fucking just, it's unbelievable. Yeah, you can't buy it. Like you, you see the fucking weapon finish. sticking out of the bottom of her shorts and you see Aubrey sees it and she has to play dumb and, and everybody's dumb by watching it. Commentary. Look, it was so bad that even commentary Taz at the end of it was like, it's sticking out of her, it's sticking out of the bottom of her shorts. He was like, I will not be, I will not be, I will not like try to yeah, sell I will this. not have my credibility damaged. Yeah, I'm not Michael Cole. I'm not selling this. I'm not doing it. Um yeah, yeah it was just bad for it was bad for everybody. And maybe if maybe if she turned the, the, the object sideways as straight up and down, it, it still like it could be hidden, but it just didn't work. And um like I thought they were physical, they were hitting each other, and you know, they could start throwing each other a little bit with other suplexes, but it just once they got to the interference interference stuff, it was like, all right, it's more like obviously it's a different gimmick and everything, but it's it's still the, the over reliance on 
like on cheating that's that plagued a lot of the uh stuff with the uh outcasts or whatever it's just yep. a lot of it's just a, it's back to that it's like hey man like i kind of want to see tony storm and Akara Shida like have a match where like we find out who the best person is supposed to like this shit where it's like oh we'll do it again and eventually one day not really because someone will cheat again yeah yeah fuck off and like you know mariah may appeared after the match so i imagine they're gonna be <clears throat> linking up to protect this belt and just more yeah. bullshit and yeah. also like you know tony storm's not gonna be having tony storm matches it's gonna be timeless tony storm, tony storm yeah. so it's a difference uh a difference. Oh, those of y'all that meme this into uh in existence and you know going up for it and uh everything enjoy yeah watch for the <laughs> shoot uh collision ladder match uh for the world tag team titles nah hey uh, hey rich rich clear out clear out clear out clear out clear out clear out we have said a lot of things about about the mighty mighty ftr about following the rules. Hey, man. Bravo. Hats off to y'all. This is something that is kind of out of y'all comfort zone. Like y'all, for, for what y'all like to claim. For what y'all want to do with your pro wrestling. And um, I thought they went out there and they rustled their ass off. They bumped their asses off. Uh, Cash is on one. Right? Cash, Cash, Cash really, Cash really want to do it. Dad be trying to hold him in check. You know? You know? He be wanting to thread the line, you know? He be doing illegal stuff. So he wants to, he, you know, he wants to cross the line. He wants to be a wild man, right? He wants to drive on the highway with the, never mind. So anyway, yeah, man, this match was super fun. And um, congrats to congrats to Big Bill. Four star Big Bill. I wouldn't was you expecting that? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Look, man, I, like I've always kind of had a affinity for Big Bill. I know. Yes, you uh, call it big. You call it cycle sit energy, and I'm just like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, like you know the jeans, the blue suede Tims. He came into this thing with that man is a New Yorker. I, I, I want to know who I want to know who gave him the the permission to be be named Big Bill in L.A. with blue boots on. What is that? That that he set tripping <laughs> somewhere. I don't know which neighborhood, but he set tripping somewhere. Oh. Is it's uh it's pretty funny, man. And it was like you know, I, I thought um, uh, you know, as far as Bill, like I I I just like the guy. Um he, Bill, he's not Bill and Brody, they had a moment. They, did, <laughs> they, they had did. a moment. They did and the crowd like, ooh, they started doing that rumbling. Like, oh my god, off. they're both they're both large human beings. <laughs> wrestling, wrestling is so simple. How do you people continuously decide to fuck this up and want to add a little bit too much to it to fuck up the recipe? It's simple. Just follow. Just follow what was in the manual. Just if you want to add a little thing, don't make it convoluted. Make it simpler, if anything. Hey, my man Drew Lissico said I will not be uh, forgotten about. That man was like, "Hey, Brody King, how about you Gonzo bomb me through this ladder yes. out here?" Yes. <laughs> ladder didn't want to break either. Trip. Look, then I'm gonna show up to my AAA title match the next day. Like, <laughs> um, Ricky Crazy Starks, man. God bless him. Didn't didn't do shit. Pulled the old Alexa Bliss in this match. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a I, was tr- I was trying to leave that shit alone, man. Look, yes, it is true that in a four person tag team ladder match, uh, two 
of the three worst performers in the sad ladder match won the, or retained the fucking belts. That is absolutely true. I wasn't going to mention it, but since you want to go ahead and go to it, I'm going to have to mention it. Ask, now, did I not mention this last night or the other night on air or uh, off air? I was like, yeah, they, 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 they didn't do anything to say they deserve it. Like they were like the least impressive team, but whatever. The rest, the rest of the, the rest yeah. of the team said we gonna push, we gonna, we gonna help you know get them to where they need to go. Yeah, this wasn't um, this wasn't some like uh some high flying stunt show. There was stunts like they was Roosh, doing man. shit like like niggas was you know getting slammed through ladders, getting hit with ladders, uh, getting ladders kicked into Bro, them. Malachi I- bumped so many times on a on a ladder on a ladder. It was crazy. It's like what, bro? You ain't an NXT no more. You ain't got to do this if you don't want to, baby. <laughs> it's like nah. Uh, nah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm a team player. Okay, all right. Uh, Appreciate that, it. Uh, Brew Haven saying people love Rouge. Uh, yeah. And yeah, man, like bro, yeah. like I, I remember the and day he was he in resigned. LA. Yeah, like I was like, yo, they gotta push this guy. I wouldn't mind seeing Rouge, you know, go after Orange Cassidy uh, for the international belt or um, brother Kenosuke different stuff like that. that See Rouge in the uh, in the C two. So um, Rouge versus Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassie be best is laying down. <laughs> it, ain't gonna uh, go well. it ain't gonna go well for the comedy man. Well, Orange Cassie put them shades on him. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, player. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the match. You know, it was a little convoluted how it all came together and all that. But uh, I probably with you. That's true. Uh, I go four stars on this too. Maybe four and a quarter actually. But um, this match was fun as hell. Yeah. So. Um, and this match turned things around uh, because all, all the feeling before this, it was like shit's fucked up, shit's fucked up, and yeah, it's like, we're you know these guys came stuff. out there yeah. and worked real hard. So shout yeah. out to all these guys. Um, then we got the uh, TBS title three way match: Julia Hart, Chris Statlander, and Sky Blue. And man, one day they'll all be free, James. One day they will all be free <sighs> from the appeal of goth women. So. Um, there was two in this match, right? Yeah, uh, pretty much. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I, I thought this was a Chris Statlander carry job. Oh, was uh, it? Look, it, man, like, she, look, look, good thing she has nice broad shoulders because she could hold each of them on one side. It was literally and carry it was them a literal through, uh, respectability. Job. All she did was all she did was she, look. Is after watching this match, like we gotta ask: Is is Chris Statlander the, ba- the best uh, female base in pro wrestling? <laughs> I, I never I mean, really thought about it, but after watching this match, it was like, bro, she. You would probably uh, have to throw Rhea Ripley in there. She, yes, that's true. She is absolutely like literally throughout this whole entire match, like saving these women from the gravity they have uh, they have thrown themselves towards, over and over yeah. and over. They just falling, and she's just catching them, making sure they don't die. I was like, and this is impressive. So yeah, um, yeah, her, her, and um, her and Rhea will be way up there. That, that, they, those will be the first two I start with on this list. Um, so yeah, man, um, shout out to her, you know, it wasn't exactly the best opponents for her to go out here and hand it off in style to, but I thought she, I thought she, you know, she did the best she could. And I thought this match actually turned out pretty well for all the stuff they tried. It's just that like, you know, so much of it was over, was relying on making sure Stat had to catch all of them all the time at all times. And I thought she did a great job. And that's what stood out to me. Um, this was like, this was like a woman Cesaro job, honestly, where I'm just like, (laughs) um, like, yeah, shout out to her. Uh, the other two, I mean, they did what they were supposed to do. 
Yeah, they, 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 up. they didn't get nobody look, injured, including themselves. Good for them. Could have been like, anybody in there. So um, I thought so. I was interested, like you know, since we just talked about Big Bill with uh, you know set tripping with the with the blue on while while you know having his name being Big Bill, two B's and and, and wearing some some crip blue. Like yeah. we got Julia in the black and the red. We had uh, sky blue, of course, in the black and blue. And then, like you got stat in the middle, that so I'm gonna wear black and purple. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the kind of symbolism in that was. Somebody will tell me eventually. Like somebody from the lore factory will tell me what all that's supposed to mean. Like apparently, I saw uh, that Chris Sattler is continuing her thing of like doing Ben Stiller characters. Yes, she was. Uh, she was uh, Ben Stiller from Dodgeball. But uh, I just like to think like all three of them decided to get together and do some type of thing. I don't know. But uh, with the colors. But yeah, um, this match turned out better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, and I thought it was better than Sheeta and, and Tony Storm, which like if you had told me beforehand that was gonna happen, <laughs> I would never, never. You could have fleeced me for for some for some yen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, Julia Hart steals the pin at the end. Uh, I didn't like that Chris Statland doesn't get pinned here to lose her belt, but because I don't really think you know beating Sky Blue, who everyone beats, uh, necessarily solidifies you or anything. Crowd pop for the finish, and she stole the pin after Stat hit her hit her move. Uh. I mean, look, it could set up a rematch and then Stat gets beaten then, which, you know, that's perfectly fine. Um, I've, Actually, that's probably what I expect to happen is Stat wants a rematch and, you know, she didn't get beat in it. Stat will put her over. Um, she'll probably get misted. Yeah, that's probably what happens. She probably gets misted. So Julia Hart is the champion now. Um, I think she's Why 30. Why does exist? You know, gotta gotta have another... You know, got to have a mid-card belt for the ladies. Um, one for Saturday, maybe. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's kind of how this broke down. Uh, yeah. yeah. So. You're right. Um, but, yeah, man, let's um, let's get to the real. Swerve Strickland versus Hangman Adam Page. This match. Actually. Before we do that, we have to talk about. I'm glad you brought it up. The new signing to All Elite Wrestling was next. I almost forgot. Mm-hmm. By God, Will Osprey comes to AEW, and man, just another, just the greatest wrestler in the world, you know, decides to sign, which is kind of a big deal. Um, if you're hiring Barry Bloom, chances are you're not staying in Shinnehan. Um, <laughs> if you're hiring Barry Bloom, you're not going to WWE. Um, these all should have been obvious. I've known this for months. Try to try to tell everybody, hey man, the the news like I, I like man, I would talk to people probably around maybe like Forbidden Door or whatever. I'm like, yeah man, like it's it's a, it's a done deal. And man, you should have heard the way they was capping, lying, and and just in denial. Will wouldn't want to leave. Will wouldn't want to leave. Look, man, it's it's real easy. He could have just paid him to stay. I I thought you were going to say the, the your line that you've been saying for a few months now. Which one? Uh, the yen is down. Oh he, no, nah, I was I was I was okay. I thought you'd it. be like, yeah, yeah, man, you you know what it is. The yen is down. Even killing me, you said shit. Nah, I was gonna leave that one alone. Okay, but um, 
Let me, see, let me see what the yen is right now. Last time, last I looked, the yen was like a hundred. A hundred yen was worth sixty eight cents, which is like when I went to Japan, it was like seventy in the low mid or mid seventies. Um, so let me look real quick. Go ahead. So Will Osprey was um he was doing all the media rounds. He was fucking with Seth Rollins on Twitter, talking about yeah, you know, giving him a smiley face, and he was telling TNA he wanted to be there with them. Uh, he was thinking about signing everybody. You know, he was he was playing the. Uh, you know, he, he was working for a couple of weeks, but look, man, we knew what it was. We saw the fucking recruiting job. That was look, man. You know, we talk about, um, you know, who's going to get the Texas A&M job. Why don't they give it to Tony Khan? He clearly can recruit. <laughs> this is another this is another uh, high pressure free agent. This man done, 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 done pulled in. Yeah. Look, that's what a kind of recruiting job he's been doing over the uh, last two years for Will Ospreay. We're going to come in, push you over everybody. We're going we gonna to let you win at Forbidden Door. We're going to roll you out to Wembley Stadium for the 80,000 and give you the superstar entrance. You're going to beat Chris Jericho there. Man, I I, I just thought it was, um, you know, I, I'm glad to see uh, Will Ospreay coming to AEW because, you know, I'm, I'm happy I don't have to celebrate his retirement. Um, uh, I you know had he jumped WWE at thirty years old, uh, you know, um, and you know if you're the New Japan fans, seriously now, like they're you know a lot of people upset. They're like, yo, like what's the point of this? Like uh, this partnership, they're poaching, poaching all the guys, and you know I yeah, can't argue. Uh, yeah, that. yeah, they're they're definitely poaching all the guys. Like all these people, like you know, like Shinsuke Nakamura, like 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 Hiroshi Tanahashi. You know, like Kazushiko Okada. Yeah, he's poaching all these guys. Like they're they're, they're poaching like Tetsuya Naito, Shingo Takagi, like Hiromu Takahashi. All the big stars. They're taking the gaijins that they don't want to push to the top because they they're they not native. They're not native Japanese English or native Japanese speakers. Like except for Kenny Omega. Like I get what you're saying. Like these are featured acts, absolutely. But these are not the top guys. Like they're not taking Naito. And maybe you say, well, if, if Naito and Okada are the two top guys and Tanahashi's still, you know, way up there, then you're taking, like, their number three or four. You're taking, like, their low-end main adventures or whatever else, and that's uncool or whatever else. I, I, I don't disagree with you. However, unless something was going to change as far as, like, you know, location and dollars and, like, the language barrier, I don't know, and what? racism, I don't know what to tell you. Look, or they could have just decided to push Will Ospreay like he was the best wrestler in the world the last four years. They could have decided that, but they don't do that there. So, like, as evidence, if Kenny Omega, when he left, for the reasons he left, aside from, you know, possibly, you know, his body breaking down, stuff like that, if you weren't going to give him the chance to be the, the number one guy, he speaks the language and everything, then everyone after that, essentially, this is their fate at the end of the day. This is the history of this promotion. AJ Styles took his ass at WWE. Yep. Vader went over there and left. Yep. Kenny, gone. Like, this is what happens. The Bucks, gone. Like, like, come on, man. Like, I, I don't feel bad for, for the uh for the folks that are, you know, crying about this and all this. Cause I'm like, New Japan has two options. They can push them or pay them, right? And it didn't sound like they were gonna do either. So 
and we've heard and what we've are heard, we talking about and, and think about since pandemic like how many like stories you heard about like the the way the foreigners like jay feel. white jay yep jay white um ozzy open like hell um look at look at connor's look at connor's g1 uh uh, uh or sorry g1 uh promo when he was doing the introduction thing the at the introductory press conference he was like I've been put through a bit of like an emotional hell to just to get here. Like I, I been a young boy, you know, doing all the shit for all this time. And like, they can't even get me a t-shirt for my parents. have to show them that it's all worth it. Fuck you. I, that was, I don't think that was a work. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, there's like, a lot it's of not just, you know, on, you're precious New Japan pro wrestling like that. Just like, is this, this thing that you, that you own, you don't own the promotion. Like, like, you know, and, I, and there's, no, there's I, podcasts I, I out there that they're really salty. They're really salty, and they don't consider half of these things or whatever. Like, these dudes don't owe them that shit. Look, I'm uh, glad look. you brought that up. I forgot about that shit with Clark Connors. Like, yeah, yeah like, you know, like, it, like Aussie Open had been right. trying to get contracts for, for a years, year or for whatever. And, and then all of a sudden, I gotta, I gotta see Tony Khan is the one that's, that's paying for their surgeries, and they're not even signed to him. Or whatever, and then I got to see people cry about them actually jumping. I'm like, well, what would you do, right? And like, you know, that's a th- that's the thing when it comes to like the business thing. Like when these wrestlers leave to different places, like, yeah, would I rather them stay in certain places, whatever else? Would I rather Kyrie go back to WWE or stay in Stardom? Absolutely, I'd rather have her be in Stardom, even doing what she was doing, right? Even though a lot of people were complaining about it, like she was going to have more quality matches, be showcased at a different level than being in WWE. Um, however, her decision was her decision. You know, it stinks, but I'm not going to be like, damn, that's, you know, I'm not going to be like it. Everybody has to make decisions. And like, hopefully if the pro wrestling business is working well enough, a bunch of people are going to have to make decisions that are be for the best of them to make money or whatever else. Like art versus money, you know, that's kind of how it is. Um, and yeah, like we've been talking about this for a while now. Like he's been, he's been obviously trying to get Will Ospreay for a long time. It was obvious. Like you just compare the guy that was in the fucking main event of this pay per view, um, how they treated him since the first uh, Forbidden Door, compared to how they were treating Will Osprey uh, in the first Forbidden Door. He clearly sees Will Osprey as a much bigger star than, than Jay White. And Jay White, well, and even Jay White got to the main event title match on a pay per view within a year of being with the company. So yeah, like I, I expect really big things. I expect him to be like one of the next two or three AEW World Champions. Um, and you know, barring health issues, he's going to knock out the park and be great. Um, they, he has, you know, I don't think he's ever felt like a bigger star than, uh, in pro wrestling than, you know, that promo he cut right before Wembley. Um, when he's like, I, you know, like I'm going to be the first person to ever say like, I beat Okada, I beat Omega and I beat Jericho in a month. Like that was, some, that was the star making thing right there. Right. He's, he's giving you like the, the, he's, he, I, He's gonna be. A, he's going to be their next star. Like if people are looking like who's gonna be the guy that's gonna make whatever else. Obviously, Swerve has built himself to that have to be in that in that same discussion. He's gonna be one of those two. But like Osprey is gonna be the one that comes in and like immediately like goes through the roof. And while Swerve had to build towards this, um, yeah, like Osprey walks in the door. He's already certified. He's already, yeah, certified. Yeah, he's already certified. He's already certified. Like he's already certified. Yeah, because the and company's like, already pushed him like he's a big deal, of, um, you know, attraction since the day since he started doing this stuff in pieces for, for Forbidden Doors or for 
building towards uh, Russell Dream. So yeah, and it, you know it'll be interesting to see like who they program him with, and um, you know he's not going to be in the C two because uh, he's not going to start uh, until like Revol- the Road to Revolution, um, which I, I'm sure you know they'll probably have hopefully time to get you know people ready for him. Yeah. Um, but you know. I see Wembley Stadium is a perfect spot for, you know, Omega and Osprey 3. Uh, I love that. Uh, I definitely want to see Swerve and Osprey at some point. Uh, those guys have go way back uh, with each other in their careers. Um, yeah. Hangman and Osprey. We actually missed the show when they were doing all the dancing. What's up? Uh, WrestleMania weekend in Orlando. We actually missed the show that they were doing. Apparently, we were doing all the dancing with uh, Gallagher yeah. breaks up with the headbutt. Yeah. Uh, you know, Danielson and Osprey. So, like, like think yep. about these guys Still that, matches that have, like, that he has under contract. Like, all these guys that have just been, like, these best in the world level guys are all in the same promotion. And it's like, man. Like, and they're all, like, you know, relatively great still. Right. And, like, you know. And I just, and I, I think it's a part of the reason for some of the bitterness, uh, you know, whether right or wrong when it comes to the New Japan, like, fandom side. Because, like, it's like... <clears throat> Before it used to suck where it's like, damn, Nakamura and AD are going to are going to WWE. Right? That stinks. Now or Finn Balor, you know, that stinks. Now it's like, damn, they're leaving and they're gonna be used well too. That has to hurt a little bit more too. You know, and that, that has to hurt a little that's, that's, or, or let me phrase it, maybe not more, but it hurts in a different way. Yeah, I think for them it become everything becomes a turf war for how they're used. Um, they got such they got Kyle Fletcher on TV losing. They got him getting you know punched by Paul White. They yep. got they're like it becomes like a, a micro battle, you know, with how they're being used. And it's right. like, all right, man, like push him or Pam. So, like yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's also like it's AEW, so you're watching AEW. It's like so every every single week is a is a you know is one of these battles of like this person would have got used better here or there or whatever else all the time. That's how it works. It's not, that's, yeah. that's, it's just a part of the daily rhetoric of of people not wanting this thing to exist, which is so strange. It's like yeah, I mean it's it's another place that gives us really good wrestling because these are smart people. Like the 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 pure people that are talking about these are not. These are not, uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. These are not your Joe WWE fan with the Roman Reigns banner. You expect are, better from them. You expect, better, you expect better from them, right? You no, it's like it's not that we expect better. I expect different from them. It's like, okay. no, I know you actually like know what's going on, but you're so consumed by the thought of this thing breaking off from New Japan or mm. whatever, and this shit taking off. Right or wrong, mm. it took off like in, they, in, in in pretty quick fashion, like like usurped new japan as far as the the worldwide number two it took your spot like in the west like you were supposed to break into the i know i know how you feel you were supposed to break in you were supposed to have all these you know these these extra shows and uh you know madison square garden it was it was supposed to be the beginning not the end yeah yeah i didn't think about that way but look to be fair, they had all they had an awesome show, but they let Ring Honor fuck look, it all up. <laughs> look and, and look, nobody can help the pandemic, right? Yeah. But man, I know who was rolling coming out of that. Yeah. It was not New Japan. Yeah. So like, and New Japan has you know they've done a great job like they've rebuilding their, well. their their domestic people. Like, I'm very excited about their their next generation of guys. Yeah. But you know yeah. who else they got? Right now, that you know they can replace Will Ospreay. 
They got the pride of Shinohan Pro Wrestling, David Finley, ready to fight for him on, on January 4th. I hope they can find in their hearts to root for, for him to beat the now, big bad wrestlers from AEW. Now, do you remember uh, when they had a, a, a match between Seth Rollins and Finn Battle on Raw, like right before WrestleMania 34, that was leading to like the three way with, with those two in Miz for the IC title? And I was like, yes. all right, they had a great match. Now, if they don't have a match as good, we need to be like, why the fuck is this person in this ring? Now, was that capital? Was that capital? Was that the Chicago pay per view where they had Osprey versus Mox that was fucking awesome a couple yeah. years or last year? Now, if we throw David Finley in here and it is good, why the fuck is he here? Don't worry, Just, they got be, we, we got to have somebody here to have to hold his belt because neither one of them belong to us anymore. That's all this they, is. And maybe, they, you know. They got Sonata. Pinning Will Ospreay will will then make David Finley after a year, whatever the fuck, in his company a star. Nah, never happened, bro. They got evil. You know? Who else they got? They got Tamatonga. You know, y'all still got people left. You know? Don't worry. I don't think Tony Khan's taking Tamatonga. Rich, 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 rich. In New Japan, who would you rather push? You listen to that crowd reaction Tamatonga's on the last couple years since he turned babyface. Would you rather push David Finley or would you rather push Tamatonga? Even, even, even if you do include the age difference. I'd much rather I would push rather Tamatonga. push Tamatonga. Exactly. Exactly. Look, y'all better break the glass and push ELP. You know? Yeah. It, break it, the glass. It, before it's too late. Look, they might look, they might take him too. <laughs> God damn it. He might take him too. Y'all keep fucking around. Look, man, that um, back look, that back rate would get over as fuck over here. Look, <laughs> Absolutely. With that convoluted, co- contrived back rate, elaborate back rate, that would get over here over here. Absolutely. No, Zach Saber Jr., we got we do we have to start looking out for him? No, Saber look, Saber got Saber might have like five hundred matches in Noah. He's never coming he's never coming to America full time. That man's in it to win it in Japan. That man's a lifer. <laughs> you know. As far as the young guys, they got Gabe Kid. They got they got people that can step up for the future, and they just have to rebuild. Like, and yep. this is their role, like in the ecosystem right now. And if they want to change it, they better open up the checkbook or to change their mentality on how they want to push outsiders. I think, and until they change either of those, these situations will happen. And I feel no pity as far as like how you feel about AEW doing this yep. or whatever, because game's a game. And yeah. you can still get some access to them, you know. Like you'll you you still get a Danielson sent over for the dome. You got Kenny right. sent over for the dome last year to prop up your stuff. You're still getting Forbidden Door. Like you got teams going over to World Tag League. Yep. You get to get send guys over randomly for dynamites and stuff like that. Like aside from that, and you know your New Japan Strong stuff. Like you get access to Eddie Kingston and stuff like that. Like I, you know, I, I'm just not. You know, in the wrestlers just want to crying. In the wrestlers want to work with AEW. That's the, the crying and belly aching about man, what did New Japan get from this? I'm like, hey man, y'all can keep asking that question till your face turns blue. It'll be the same thing that Kaito Kiyomiya got when he got fucking destroyed by Kazuja Okada and booked like a fucking chump in the G1 and is running around with a young lion. Kiss my ass. But, that, but, but Rich, that doesn't count because, like, that's not the promotion that we are, like, advocating for. So that doesn't count. Look, man. Game's a game, and y'all know it. 
Like I don't Y'all remember anyone, I don't remember anyone complaining about Russell Kingdom 16 and Yokohama in those results. When all their top stars got beaten. From Noah. You know, when when they're bringing in when, the impact guy. Shingo beats Nakajima. Uh Naito beats uh King uh Kano. Like I don't remember anybody complaining about that at all. You know, Josh Alexander had to do a job a couple weeks ago while he was the impact champion. No one was was, was run up with the pitchforks, you know. Um <laughs> so uh, you know. Very excited for Will Ospreay. Excited to see him come on television and you know. I, I'm ready for for him to get his haters too. You know, what, what do you think the big the the uh, I know Osprey's had some controversy and all that. Like, but what do you think? Uh, how fast will it will it take for Will to get his his controversy? You see what Mariah May got. You know, we had people clipping the shit oh, up. Oh, like, yeah, like, what's gonna I mean, be? It's, it's already it, happened. It, it, it happened. What, 2016. It, it it happened like seven years ago. No, I'm saying like the, the new AEW one is going the new one. Oh, I mean, it'll be people clip, clipping up parts of like Shingo matches where they're like uh, doing evasive maneuvers and being like, "This is fake wrestling. It, this isn't real wrestling because it's all just people dodging moves. It's just, it looks like a gymnastic routine." It's like, man, this this match is better than anything that's ever happened in the promotion you're, that you that you your dates on your <laughs> it's in your avatar. Lo- this logo's in that your avatar. Get the fuck out of here. So, look, man, um, it's gonna be in bad faith. It's gonna be what it is. And like, look, to be fair, like. There are people, there are, you know, much like with the Young Bucks thing, like there is a thing for taste or whatever else. But if you're a person that thinks that Will Ospreay is some one-trick pony, you haven't watched enough, and I suggest you sit out this one because there are plenty of matches with Will Ospreay you can play where, like, with someone like uh, Zack Sabre, someone like uh, Kenny Omega, where, like, the matches are just phenomenal. And I'm sorry, and Oro Okada, and I'm sorry, like, you don't like his style, like I showed this to anybody else that watches wrestling or have or or is an or, or away from wrestling that hasn't watched it in current day, they'd be fucking blown out their mind. You remember the first time we saw we showed Marcus and uh, Marcus and Alex at your bachelor party? We showed them clips of the uh, Osprey and Hiromu. Uh, um, yes, Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. The first time they saw a Canadian story, they lost their fucking minds. <laughs> When they saw him do the double, uh, you know, the, the double, um, yeah, the in and uh, out, yeah, the double flip deal over the top rope, they were like, "Who is this fucking guy?" I was like, "Yeah, this false right. Like, WWE, uh, uh, trainer at my gym, uh, Zach, that WWE fan, he didn't know who Will Ospreay was. He knew who Kenny Omega was. I told him who Will Ospreay was. I was like, "Yeah, man, he's been the best pro wrestler in ring like since like 2019." Like two weeks later, he goes. Yeah, you know that guy you told me about, Will Ospreay? He's 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 on he's phenomenal. He's <laughs> phenomenal. I don't know what he watched. He just he just like Google the name, right? Like, yeah. so people get lost in what this is, and like some of it is the amazing the amazing athleticism. Like, I, I know y'all get stuck on what white, white guys are supposed to do lucha, but sorry, lucha's fucking fun. It is. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Let's get to it. Uh, fresh cut here so i can cut it up for the clip because this this is going up so um texas death swerve strickland defeats hangman adam page in an all-time classic um one of the greatest matches i've ever seen uh flat out on this and this was like just incredibly violent incredibly just thoughtful and it was like it was a lot of visceral shit yep 
never have I ever watched a match and determined that it was a five-star match faster than this match hmm. and beyond it. Okay. The last great match that I watched before this was actually after Dynamite last week when I watched. I watched randomly. I was showing Alex, your cousin. I was showing him Kensuke Kobashi versus Kensuke Sasaki. Oh, they opened, the dome? Yes. They opened that match. <laughs> they do the lockup. Right. And Sasaki drops him directly on his head, right? And yep. you're like, oh, it's on. And then, like, you know, they're basically doing a couple things until they meet back up for that huge chop, chop battle or whatever. And that's forever. when you it's know awesome. you're yeah. you're into it, bro. He hits, like, comes out, does an entrance, has the dancers, all this shit's going. Like, it's it's like, oh, shit, right. we ready. Hey man, fucking charges Hold down. On, I think I think you I think you are fast playing through the the interest and all that kind of stuff. The thing that I love so much about Nana is that like Nana is doing the best he can with like very little talking. Everything, all of it is just like in small doses, so it's not like it doesn't make you feel annoyed by his presence when he does it. He comes in, he does his dance in the background to the side of Swerve. Swerve's walking down because he's the guy. Then he falls back or whatever else. And then in the middle of the match, he might do it or whatever else. But the way he saves it at the perfect time is like, it's it's like when they used to do the Heyman, they used to cut to Heyman's ringside faces during Lesnar matches. And it was awesome. They don't do it as much anymore. It's like they were maximizing what the guy does to help pop the crowd during between the in between things of the matches. So, swear, so Nanas came down. He has a shirt and everything. The, the, it's become semi-wrestling viral, if you will, with the dance. So, he comes out to LA. He has fucking four dancers, like like the goddamn Fly Girls from, from Living Color, and they out here, mm, top rope, catch him. Bro, I was dying. Yes. Uh, it, it was, look, I don't know if Nano will ever have a bigger moment in pro wrestling, but this was his moment. He was a, he was the star <laughs> of Swerve's interest in, for a classic, and then he continues on. So we, so now we can get to yeah yeah. So bro, yeah. This match like this made me feel like like by the time they got to the spitting blood, it was like oh we're out of here like complete. We've left the planet by uh-huh. that time. Um the the charge with Hangman, no entrance music. Right. No coming out, spinning around, pointing, nothing. Ah. Like no, no posing, nothing. This is we are running it, and it was like just watching this. I was like, "Yo, they're gonna beat what they did last time easily." And like, I'm not sure. Like, I think this is like this top Omega and Osprey two for me. Really, I think this is the best singles match in the history of AEW. Mm. This shit, like, like I watched it twice, and I saw the ratings to it. I saw the the physicality. I saw the blood, and it was like wrestled with a sense of just like the proper emotion and tone of wrestling. Nothing felt like it was a fucking joke. Nothing felt like it was like this uh, thing that was trying to be too cute. Like this was like I have well, a problem with this guy. This thing is escalated from like these. Uh, just kind of levels like where they were shit talking each other. This mm-hmm. thing got built up on Wrestling Revolver over the weekend, uh, featuring a promo from Swerve after that was like great. This thing was like 
wrestling soulmates, damn near. These guys are a match made in heaven as far as opponents. Roughly the same size. Um, both very athletic. Both of them fucking sickos, willing to die for it. Um, willing to bleed. Willing to, like, put it all on the line. Excellent chemistry with each other. And it's like, I see, like, the hell they put themselves through in this match. And it was like, like, the crowd was totally sucked into this. And because I they were into it, because this is like the only thing that's feel it's the only thing they actually have that's not some goofy shit that's hot right now in the company. It feels bro, like I thought this should have been the main event going into it. And <laughs> I, I mean, you could have used, the, you could absolutely use the, the lights out excuse. You absolutely could have. Like, I thought they should have did that. And then, man, it was like, I was shocked when Swerve won. I thought Hangman was going to win. I, I just, you know, I turned my brain off. I was like, hey, man, I'm going to just ride it out. Like, and I thought it was, you know, I thought Hangman was coming to get his revenge. But, like, this right here was like, well, you could give Hangman the win. And it was like, yeah, they're one to one. Or the alternative now is you shoot Swerve to another galaxy. Now, mm-hmm. you have people demanding, and I would count myself among them, to where previously it was like yeah you can make swerve the champion he's good enough he's over enough he's like talented enough now after this match it's like he no. has to be in the succession plan throw it out whatever you have like uh written in pencil whatever promises you may have made to, to maxwell jacob freeman the cast of characters that have been going rip it up get rid of it start it over this nigga has to be factored in now like, and let me not glaze over Hangman in this match. When I was watching this with Alex, I was like, like, you know my homeboy, this is my homeboy swear I've been telling you about, blah, blah, blah. But watch this other dude, Hangman. He's raw as fuck. And then, like, he saw that uh, moonsault with the chair, and he was flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like, the off-the-top rope. Uh, this man, an- another spot that I, I like that I, you know, kind of just for me, it made, you know, and I don't think, you know, this was intentional or anything, but it just adds to the match. When he gave this man a Death Valley driver on a brick in front of West Side Gun, that shit was fucking hilarious, bro. <laughs> Dropped the nigga on a brick. <laughs> oh, man. Um, bro, like, like it was like this. It made everything else look goofy. This match did. Like when when I'm watching when in the back of our mind we think MJF is crying about his fucking leg being pillowized at the beginning of the thing, and they're wheeling him out on a gurney and, and loading him up in a, in an ambulance match. And I got these niggas in there in the in the the, the uh, Kia form, the same building where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar won them championships, where Magic Johnson won them championships, where Isaiah Thomas hurt his ankle and went fucking crazy in that fucking building, in the building where Game 7 happened between the Elite and the fucking Lucha Brothers. Swerve and Heyman went out there and fucking put it on the line and died for the sport damn near. Like, they lost so much fucking blood. Like, did you see this shit? Like, bro. Right. right. I, like, like, this shit was so phenomenal. One of the best matches of all time. One that you'll ever see. And all you fucking corny ass nerds on, on social media and all these people that trying to help my dog up for some old comments on some shit about niggas on podcasts and they list and stuff like that. One, you don't know anything about who's cool with who in the business. End it. No. 
You don't know what you're talking about. You're trying to take shit out of context and put your own spin on shit. Because Swerve wrestles in all elite wrestling now. Nobody told WWE to release him. Why are you mad at Swerve for that? Be mad at WWE for not seeing it. Be mad at WWE for thinking the star was top dollar. Be mad at that. When this nigga comes out here on 11-18, two years to the day that he was fired from that company, and he makes a song called Big Sis Birthday with me on it, that's a diss to Triple H. And everything they put him through when we made that song, there was no plan to go to AEW. There was no plan to wrestle for New Japan Pro Wrestling. It was like, yo, what is the, the next thing going to happen in your life? Get it out. I, I made the beat, sent it to him. Like, what's up? Like, 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 pour your heart on it. Not, not as, not as like a producer and a rapper, but as his friend, just sent it to him. Say, hey, man, I know you, I know you want to say some shit. Go ahead. Say it. Two years to the day of that. This nigga's made forever, all time now. What you gonna do about it besides hate? Deal with it. So, um, for me, I forgot at what point. Oh, I know what point it was. When the match seemingly looked like it was over after he caught the the barbed-wired buckshot lariat. And Nana pulls him out and puts his feet on there, and he and he falls back. And as he falls back, like Nana gives the inspirational fucking dance, and I fucking died laughing. Now, like, look, man, fuck it. Just like we said earlier in the show, like big cast, big bill, four stars, five star Prince. Nana. <laughs> he took that shit from me to where, like, keep mind, you know, matches like this. I don't know how to rate these matches. Like, all these matches that are not, that are whatever you want to call them, blood porn, death matches, whatever else. I'm not good at being able to, to how to quantify or qualify the level of greatness for these things. I can just be like, that's great, and I leave it at that and don't want to give it a star rating or whatever else. Right, right, whether it's, you know, Anarchy in the Arena, Stan, Stan, uh, Stadium Stampede, some of these death matches that, that, that have happened with uh, Moxie or um, Omega or Hangman, the... The the blood and gut stuff, war games, WWE. So I don't. I'm good. I'm bad at all, being able to judge all that stuff. And get an accurate star rating. When I saw that, I was like, this match is still great while being kind of while being what I call it at the time like a, a, this is a nasty match. This is a nasty, nasty match. Um, and once now I pulled, out, I was like, fuck it, five stars. I ain't got. No, I, 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 this was a five star match for me. So um, I, I thought it was awesome. And and then when when Hangman grabbed Nana on that fucking apron, uh, with the, with the table down below, and Nana's like, "Hey man, you ain't gotta do this to me. Come on, I do the dance. They gonna get me off the hook. The dance, the dance, me. And he fucking get him, man. Yeah, man, fucking dead eye, fucking dead eye. I howled. This match worked on so many levels that it, that like, I'm looking at other stuff. You know, Jam, that happened AEW, and it didn't. This thing just worked. It just worked. It was awesome, man. Um, Talk about the finish, James. Talk about the finish. Okay, so you want me to tell it in conclusion, uh, in, all, in all summation of the whole thing, or just yeah. okay? So, Swerve started this feud by calling out Adam Hangman on the page by telling this white man to his face, 
that you have been given all your opportunities by your fucking friends. And if and if I were your position, I'd be the first black AEW world champion. Then, after beating this white man in a match, fair and square, if you will, he then proceeds to still get fucked with. So he goes to this, breaks into this white man's house, and then on camera talks to this white man's child, this white man's baby. And then to finish this thing off, he sh- he swerves strings a steel link chain around this white man's neck and hangs the hangman. This is one of the most gangster things I've ever seen in black <laughs> pro wrestling history. <laughs> Five stars, classical. <laughs> Yo, I. <laughs> I, I don't know what else there's left to say, but what? flat out, one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. Who, whoever, and, whoever's idea it was to say Swerve, Swerve needs to win again. Swerve needs to... Uh, it's Swerve, and that needs to be the finish. Whoever came up with that, if the idea was that, you know, uh, if the idea was Hangman's idea was Swerve, I would, it would shot me at least at Hangman's idea because obviously it plays off of what happened to Moxie, uh Texas Death Match uh, earlier yeah. this year. Like he hangs the hangman, a black man hangs the hangman. Sign me up, Mr. Liberal Agenda guy. All, all you talking about this ancient millennial shit. This is it. This is the real shit. The real he needs. This is the symbolism. Oh man. Oh. Thank you for your white guilt, hangman Adam Page. Was this Adam Hangman Adams Page version of kneeling before black people and begging forgiveness after George Floyd? Because if so, I need more of this and less of that. This was amazing. <laughs> Bro, this nigga's walk, this nigga swerve walked through the staples like he was Hiroshi Tanahashi in the G1 finals in 2018 and then started stapling himself like a fucking sicko. Like, bro. Now, that was Black one of the things. That, this is what Malcolm X dreamed of. Oh my! Now this God. is one of the things that I was I was thinking about during the match. Um, you know, like, you know, as I mentioned, I watched, I watched like one of the best players in Florida State history's legs snap, right? And we've you know just hours before this thing. So like, as far as the gruesome scale, I, like Josh Smith from Keeping the Strong Style thought this was just disgusting, nasty match. For me, I'm like, I just saw someone's leg point the wrong way. I'm not. Stapling some staples. This is not the same level of gruesome, man. I seen the real gruesome tonight. Um, this is just some a lot blood. Of booty cheeks so, being being clenched up. Uh, so, Dave Scherer. <laughs> so for me, it it, it, it dawned on me with the staples. Like the staples, obviously because of the uh, you see the, the the presentation of it, the way the staple gun looks. But like ultimately, is this any worse than like we you get your ears when you get your ears or a piercing done with with a with a piercing gun? Except it's two prongs instead of one. Probably not, and you know, obviously, we know that these deathmatch wrestlers have all the tricks. Like with with you know, someone like Swerve who did CZW, who did the Lucha Underground War of Hell match, whatever else. He's done nastier shit than this before. Like going through that pane mm-hmm. of glass against AR Fox in a War of Hell match is, to me is like anything is is uh, you know a scarier proposition than I'm going to staple. I'm going to staple myself a couple times. Like to be honest, when you're adrenaline going on, the thing that probably hurts worse is like getting disaffected thrown into them holes and actually getting this holes, getting punctured to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, um, presentation is what, what gets you. Cause once you started no selling that when the zombie went to murder swerve mode, it was like, Oh, this is cool. This is really cool. Yeah. He, he's just, he, he's on another level, right? Another yeah. planet right now. He's out of his mind. He's psychopath. 
Like people people try to jump all over lyric yesterday, misunderstanding what she was talking about on Twitter. Like, look, and man, I, last year, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Didn't she mention like people that have not been around forever? Right. <laughs> did, did, you miss, did you miss that? that you, oh, you, you, oh, you can't. You, you have trouble reading. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're, yeah. you're caught up in. Oh, you're caught up in like mis, you purposely misunderstanding what she's saying. Like people okay, were like, gotcha. you know, gotcha. they're, they're throwing out niggas that have less than 75 career matches and shit. I'm like, no, nigga, this is not the same thing. Like, what's going on with Swerve is something different right now. And if you think it's not going to pay off, God bless you, right? And to be fair, like, right? And to be fair, if you want to consider NXT as an actual part of the major federal else, you could say that you could say you know similar things about like you know Trick Carmelo or even Swerve as far as that whatever else. But like on the main roster, that Vince is booking or Vince was in control of in control of for a long time. Nah, not really. Not it, it, it's it's not it's not really been a thing. Like you might you know you have the Mark Henry you know Hall of Pain run, which is based off of what happened with him and um, Michael Hayes backstage apparently. You got the you know the career run for Kofi, the career run for for Big E that just happened. And you got Lashley who you know was, was around for years and years and years. WrestleMania you know was in WrestleMania with Donald Trump in two thousand seven, and got and got his title run in what year? Two thousand twenty. Oh, with no fans in Terror Dome. Okay, gotcha. All right. These are twenty one, two thousand twenty one, something like that. Yeah, they're they're not the same thing. It is black people. They're not. They're not the same. Not thing. the same. Like so, I, I'm not. I'm not. Trying I, I don't to be know funny. what agendas they. They. I know they got their agendas. They got to uphold. You know, they gotta. They gotta promote Vincent Kennedy McMahon for free. You know, and and, just, and everything else. But let's just be real, right? Like, you know, we talked about this, for example, with um, with, let's say AEW, right? If Eddie Kingston becomes AEW World Champion over the next, you know, two, three years, whatever else. It's a lifetime achievement award, even though he's done some great work, right? It's a lifetime achievement award. This isn't a, oh, we are now making a brand new star, a brand new fresh star to now carry us into the future for the next, you know, two, three, four, five years. It's not. Swerve is at the age, uh, from an age standpoint, where, like, you look at um the, win- the window or whatever else, like, his window to do this is actually, like, and be even right a now. Mentor, is right now <laughs> slash next five years. He actually is the future of this promotion. It's just like Hangman, it's just like MJF, you know, is if he wants to stick around, like yeah, Will Osprey, like that's yeah. the class that's yeah. all around there, right. like and and obviously AEW skews older, so you have to be a, be a, aware of that. But like even while skewing towards thirty five and older, Bobby Lash is still an old motherfucker. So yeah, um, these are these are no knocking his Bobby Lash and what he's done. Like I think it's really cool that like he stuck around, he busted his ass, he's always been in shape, he works really hard. He does what they do, everything they ask him to do, right? He presents himself like a star. He looks like he looks like a million bucks, but Don't it's look. not the same. But it's not the same thing, and you know it because you know the history of this Booker versus the history of this other Booker. You know that. Stop bullshitting. Like, and you got to You really kind of got to be stupid not to push Bobby Lashley. And look how long it took. Right. And they got mad at him back then in the two thousand in the late two thousands because he didn't want to really injured, so they fell out of favor. He had to leave and then come back. And now that he's older, he can do less shit. Now they want, to, then they want to do it. It's like, what kind of backwards ass shit is that? Yeah, man, it's a, you know, it's a lot of putting putting people down to to lift people up. Ironically, the thing that that they're accusing um, people of, like they're they're doing themselves, like and you know, well, I, yeah. I, I I I think Swerve had a had a career 
making like this is a career match for Hangman. This is a career match for Swerve. This is a career match for for the legacy like of of AEW. This is like one of the. I think this was like the number two ranked match. Maybe it's number one now. Like uh, I have to check, but yeah, but you um, also got to admit that like given what some of the scores we've seen with AEW over the years for some of these really uh, more uh, grotesque matches with blood or whatever else, like. There's some there's some bloodlust for some of these ratings for from when it comes to these AEWs. Like if you were to tell me, like that look that rating is like on some par with some like some Young Bucks versus Hangman and Omega shit, and I'm like, nah, man. I, I look, I I think it's five star drop. I think it's one of the greatest matches in the history of the promotion, like a top five match in the history of the promotion or of the last five years of pro wrestling. I'm not going there with you. I'm just not. Um, I, I mean, am. it's my <laughs> opinion. Yeah. opinion. But like, I think a lot of people get really tuned up for seeing some blood in, in, in these AEW matches. I really do. I, I think this is like, I think this transcended. I know he spit the blood and shit like that. And, and you know, they did the whole thing. Like, there's a fine line that uh, I believe our friends on uh, Tunnel Talk uh, and also the Trish and Sarah podcast will uh, explore on this. Uh, speaking of Tunnel Talk, I will actually be doing an appearance on there in December. So look out for that soon. Um, but yeah, like, I don't think the blood was the primary draw of this. I think the blood happened in the match. And no, like, no, this was I, a great match that that happened to just be really bloody. I'm not. This isn't like the same thing as like you know, see some of like the see, see you know like the freedom shit that's just like oh, it's just grotesque for sake of being grotesque. This was an absolutely epic, awesome right, match epic that happened match. to be very bloody and also very gross. I'm just saying that like the ghouls be coming out for some of these and be going out for these matches in ways it was like. I think you're doing a bit too much. I think it's great, but I don't think it's like, I don't think it's on a level of like some of the three, three or four best matches in AEW history. That's just me. That's my opinion. And I, but I also noticed that like when I see some of these things and me from being so, you know, zoned out from Cody and Moxley and these blood matches where I'm just like, it's all the fucking same. No one's actually hurt. I should get dropped on their fucking necks. They're fine. Just blood. Just fucking wrestle. And they did that. They absolutely did that. But I'm just like, I'm not going to give you award you extra points because it was a nasty match. I think people be going up because they like the nasty. Because they nasty. They ghouls. I mean, good for them. Good for them. They love what they love. What this, they like. This look, this is what makes AEW different. They wanted the mat looking nice and clean. Like when the match started, go watch the Fed. You know, go go, go watch something else. You know. <laughs> but in AEW, niggas bleed out here, so <laughs> it's contact, baby. So. Oh, after that, I, I'm sitting here watching this show just like in awe or whatever. Up next, they bring out uh, it's the Golden Jets taking on the Young Bucks. Uh, it's Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega teaming up. And this is for the Young Bucks title shot. And they had to work hard to get people back into this because this crowd was spent. Um, these niggas like was like, all right. They could have put the, the, the women on last or or after these people or like we just going to put four of the best workers in, in history behind it and see if they can go behind it. And I think, you know, they, they did a, a good job, like nowhere close to the level, the match uh, previous to it. But I think a lot yeah. of like um, interesting kind of kind of things here. The Young Bucks are really turning here and they're doing some shit right now that's like some 4d shit that i think that's gonna like and they're working people already on the internet with it like this 
whole thing like the sources say is all coming from Brendan Cutler. They're taking time off. They're not doing BTE. Um, I gotta say, I'm worked by them not doing BTE. I'm a, I'm like I'm a little I'm a little upset at, at that. So I ain't gonna cap. But um, uh, I I thought this was a good match too. Um, usually the the Kenny Omega versus the Bucks tag matches are like super epic and all that but this wasn't really designed to be that this was like i i think the bucks should have won but maybe this necessitates like something else with them like they're clearly splitting off uh on their own and something's going on here this is like there's stuff in the air here yeah yeah, it's also it's also funny watching this match and watching the end of it and like the young bucks are out here losing their shit because they lost like this match because they're upset about Chris Jericho and more specifically like Kenny Omega hanging around Chris Jericho so is supposed to helping out the young bucks when it's like meanwhile I just saw that Brian Cage got involved in a death match a literal Texas death match uh and you ain't come out here and help your boy out like like it, it must be two sides over here because where where is where is the elite like unity that people was talking about like after blood and guts where you're talking about you know hey you know they brought you know uh bcc who they was out here outsourcing all these people that's why they all left it. that's why the cash left that's why that's why pack left and they're real friends and the elite and everything it's like you know l- true love wins and meanwhile like hey bro like i done seen uh Takeshita come out there and whoop and, and show up to Kota Bushi's dojo and, and whoop his black ass. And I ain't see the young bucks do a damn thing to help him out, right? <laughs> I see Hangman out here getting his head bust uh, and get choked to death, right? <clears throat> to Texas death. I ain't see the young bucks come help him out one time and there was interference in that match. I ain't trying to hear it. Either be real friends or shut the fuck up. Gotta say, man, I think Joe Lanza might have brought this up. Like, if you're you're a Leaf fan, right? And they they built that whole thing around reuniting those guys earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Then they just kind of rolled into like nothing, yep. and then <laughs> and then they they all kind of just split off again. I feel like you're kind of. I feel like I was robbed a little bit. Kind of wanted to kinda. see him like. Kind of like I, I kind of wanted to see him like stay together and whoop some ass for some months. Like like kinda. whoop some you're ass right. baby faces. You're absolutely right. Like, there's been this weird thing. Like, like I robbed, uh, bro. Like, a lot of people. There were a few people that thought that, like, you know, the least power was being compromised, or your ability to do what they want to do and, and tell stories they want to tell. With like CM Punk being in the way and all that stuff, and CM Punk's been gone for over two months now, three months really closer to, at this point. It's like, all right. A lot of people were saying this kind of stuff, and it's like, well, is he still bullying them? He's still around? Are, are the reels on I, on IG, like, giving them all this kind of social stress? Because I do remember in the middle of the swerve thing, like, hey, man, so something about this fucking black cloud over his head that was, you know, he's saying with CM Punk, he's like, CM Punk ain't here no more. So what the fuck? So, look, man, they're older. They're broken up. They're taking a lot of schedules. I don't know exactly what they're doing right now, but, like, Compared to where they seem like they were in the early summer, compared to now, I wish they were around doing more. And if I, I wish it was more cohesive. But a lot of this stuff, I feel like, is like whatever plans you got is falling to the side because you got to get more screen time from X and his bullshit. And I'm like, hey, bros, wrap this shit up. Like, I, I need to see Swerve on TV more. I want to see Darby on TV more. I want to see Osprey when he gets here on TV more. I want to see Moxie on TV. Obviously, that's the concussion thing or whatever. But it's like. There's a lot of stuff that I feel like was the heartbeat of this promotion that's kind of been moved off to the side a little bit more so Max can do 
his cosplay WWE e like fed thing in the middle of AEW, and I'm like, hey, bro, that's not for the betterment of this company or this yeah. promotion. And I feel like a lot of the elites, like 2023, was like wasted. Like uh, on, it felt like it. It feels like it like, at times. Like multi man tag matches that didn't really end up mattering. Like um, the the cows view has not come to be as like uh, fruitful as as it could be. When was to catch the Omega? All out. So how many months ago was that? That was in September. What the fuck? Right. You, you give you like I came on this show and said that's the biggest win a Japanese wrestler has ever got in the history of this country. <laughs> What's been the like? And I don't know if he's he's. I think he fought Kyle Fletcher one other time on Rampage. I'm like, so we just we just trying to make Rich look look idiotic. I see. This is what we doing. Wait, didn't the Nokia win Master Garden or some shit like that? That like 50 years ago. I'm not, I'm, 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 I don't I don't recall. You no. Know, I'm not sure. Okay, because that's a big, big fucking statement just to say that shit off the top of your head. Like, you just know. Like, no, that's... God damn. <laughs> look, look, whoever Anoki beat, it ain't Kenny Omega. I'll say that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, it's, uh, like, as far as, like, the at least, like, 2023 booking, like, I think Heyman got, got like, fortunate by finding Swerve, right? Towards mm-hmm. the end of the year, second half of the year, future year contender. The Bucks have kind of been aimless until like this thing where they're turning now. So they're they're starting something at least. Kenny's now like kind of hanging around with Jericho and stuff like that. And it's like, all right, I don't know what they have him doing or anything, but mm-hmm. they beat him all year and shit. So feel kind of robbed. So we'll, yeah, we'll get see it. how that recovers. Oh, my, oh my God! What what happened? Maho- uh, it's Eagles Chiefs, you know, Super Bowl rematch on Monday Night Football, which is like when the Monday Night Football you ever get a good game like this in forever. And uh, Chiefs are up by, or sorry, Eagles are up by four. There's a minute and forty seconds left, and Mahomes found a dude for a forty yard bomb, and and Valdez Scantlin just fucking dropped it. I know Floyd's furious right now. So the game's not, they're still they're still playing time, but it's like that was that was the pass right there. That was that was pass. Anyway, um, ended this match like uh, Matt Jackson ended up giving Kenny Omega one way angel, and then like Kenny Omega was like, "I'm y'all daddy," and just whooped the Young Bucks as himself single handedly, like both of them in <laughs> one way angel Matt, and it was over. I was like, that was definitive. Like, <laughs> you know, you know what? I'll have to take my belt off, like. <laughs> That's, that's what he did at the end of this shit. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, like they, and then it's one of those things where it's like, oh, they lost because they're turning heel. It makes sense, yeah, or that's what it seems like, or that's the best way to just seemingly get out of explaining or being able to explain this loss, like they're about to turn heel. So now Kenny and Jericho get these this number one title. Uh, they've got this shot at Bill and, and Ricky Starks. Um, wild um <laughs> don't know what's going on here but um you know all right maybe they're they're eventually gonna have problems with omega and jericho and then i don't know i, I don't know what's going on Sh- show me the way i don't know man i don't know about <laughs> that like obviously i think that now that they beat the young bucks they're going to be the uh tag team champions and you know like 
the way they were downcycling Jericho throughout the year, it seemed like it would make sense for them to, for Jericho to, you know, do the Le Sesca thing. But he was like, why well, do no Le Sesca? I can do Golden Jets. <laughs> this, this is a way much better idea for me. Look, that man caught that, that fortunate situation. He was like, well, Sammy Guevara got hurt, so I guess well, I got to do something but, else. But it wasn't even he got hurt. Remember, he had left the fact before he got hurt. Oh yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. It was like uh, I could do that, or I could do Absolutely. this. You can get with this, or you can get with that. You can get with this, or you can get with that. Can Omega lift Big Bill to do the one way angel? Absolutely. We know you can get him up. Yeah. Like that one. I don't even think that'd be a question. The the question is, could he like <laughs> no get him visual? Is he can get him up, but the visual thing is what make people go nuts about it, right? Yeah. Go, oh my god. Yeah. He, he's he's six foot nine. He claims to be seven foot tall, and he got him up. It's like, yeah, he's not 300 pounds. Yeah, you can get him up. Bro, that shit, when he picked up a satin on I was fucking screaming. Right. Um, Then we got our main event, MJF versus Jay White. Um, we went through all the problems with it um, earlier in the show. Uh, if you're seeing this clip. But we didn't talk about the match. But we did not talk about the match. We saved it uh, for here. So MJF has all night done this um, show-long angle directly out of, like, raw of the 2010s um this stupid thing is hung over the show after we've watched the greatness of swerve strickland versus hangman adam page the the realness they were fighting with uh and like you know the emotion and the the just match quality they put on and then mjf and jay white come out here in this main event this was just the most regular ass wrestling like it was just like you know, Seth Rollins might look at the way MJF was selling and be embarrassed. Like, is that who I thought of when I saw this? <laughs> like, smart, the MJF uh, a, being, a career long character arc of being a smart guy, and he proceeds to have a leg injury and doesn't come up with nifty ways to uh, to like survive in a match with bad legs. Just keeps doing dumb stumps. Is only going to like exacerbate his leg problem. Frankie says this match made him sad. And I think he's been into some of the MJF stuff. Um, but yeah, man, like this was like unbecoming of the main event level. I thought this was almost a nothing happening match that they tried to like put different. It was like they tried to do so many things to convince you Jay White had a chance. And <laughs> Black Sabre Jr., Orissa Hoshiki sold a leg better than MJF. Um, shout out to Orissa Hoshiki. Um, he's right. <laughs> he's right. <laughs> I thought this was like, like I saw this come out, and it was like, yeah, man, like this ain't it. And the crowd was like into the match to a degree, and it just didn't feel right. Like everything was like they sent Adam Cole out there first, like he was gonna wrestle the match. No one's trying to stop him. MJF hits the thing. He drives back in through the ambulance and like 45 motherfuckers pop up. The entire Wu-Tang comes out there. The entire ASAP collective, the Dipset, State Property, Death Row Records, and, <laughs> and the Boot Camp Click all try to stop MJF from getting to the ring unsuccessfully. And he's hobbling around. So the whole night, I'm thinking, great. We have to watch Jay White 
work the leg for 45 minutes. Like, I thought it was going to be one of the 45-minute matches. It didn't turn out to go that long, but I was like, great. We have to see the Jay White leg work match, right? And I'm like, could you make this thing less exciting for me? Like, personally, like, and it was just like, People have called this Hulk Hogan type shit. People have called this John Cena type shit. And it was just like. Um, like as far I'm, as the odds overcame. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, obviously, I think I think MJF did a lot more. Him and um, Jay White both did a lot more as far as like athleticism and effort in this match. And, you know, a lot of that Hogan shit. So. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to bury it as if it's some, you know, some dud, you know, 97, you know, NWO match, uh, or whatever else, but the they overbooking, big, the overbooking of the shit is in the way of the wrestling and it's, it's been, the, and that's been the case since, since Wembley. Yeah. Like this was like, it was just too much. Outside the ring stuff, Adam Cole, uh, seeing, is Adam Cole going to turn on him or uh, kicking the gun club out? And um, and then they came back again. MJF not deciding whether he wants to do diving moves to the floor or not, like, or be hurt in the match. Like, it was just now, all over how, the place. How about, like, the third act? He puts Jay White on the table, on the announce table. It collapses. It falls. A metaphor for and, for and <laughs> instead the, uh, and a instead metaphor of, for the second half of MJF's title reign and instead of moving on to something else because he's in the middle of the main event of a pay per view, he has adrenaline. This dumbass climbs up the top to that top rope, and he dives from top rope to floor. The guy that comes out here and tells us that the wrestlers shouldn't give a fuck about these fans and protect themselves and preserve themselves against as much money as they can as business because these fans don't care about you. He proceeds to potentially put himself at risk to either have a broke his fucking pelvis or have dislocated his hip out the goddamn socket. The safe wrestler. That's one of the dumbest things I've that's one of the dumber things I've seen this year from someone that 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 said that, that, that has done interviews saying he knows better whether it's a work or not. He still has said and mentioned that he knows better than this, whether in shoot or shoot or kayfabe, and he did that shit. That was fucking dumb. James, he ended up injured. Oh, he hurt his shoulder, and I think he hurt his hip. Well, that doesn't surprise me. He hurt his hip because he took a fucking top rope the floor elbow drop. And then he did that cutter, the Dragon Lee shit. Right, 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 right. right, right. Over yeah. the rope and then yeah. get but the that, cutter. But, I'm like, but, but I don't care what you do in your matches, visually, right? Just make it make sense. Oh, oh you're an Aggie. Yes, yes. Yeah. Visually, that looks. Yeah, he took a top rope. You're an Aggie. Visually, the the Dragon Lee version cutter or whatever you want to call it, running out, running over the top rope and cutter to the floor. Like that is visually more dangerous than it looks, right? Like we just saw Tam and. Tam and Megasis when and Megasis like gave her the you know the running military press slam and threw her ass you know just over the top rope to the floor right we've seen Tam take b- tons of bumps like that obviously MJS bigger blah blah but like we've seen people take those kinds of bumps from that level and end up okay if it's a you know flat back or flat front bump or whatever else and the thing was the real thing was like MJF got a surge of adrenaline in his bad leg that got pilmanized to be able to run and jump and leap and hurl himself over the ropes and then do it and then land you know you know kind of landing on his feet on his foot or whatever or his bad leg that was a real thing it was the kayfabe damage not the actual damage for me personally mm-hmm. but it looked you know it looked it looked great or whatever but 
the thing that was for me was like, you're really going to land on your hip like this? That's so dumb. That's so dumb. Um, and, you know, I hope he's okay. Because I don't, I, I hope I'm wrong when people do dumb shit that I think, oh, I think you're going to do this, you're going to injure when you do it. Um, I hope I'm wrong. Because it's like, I don't want to see you want to get injured. But it's like, if he does injure, like, well, you shouldn't have done that dumb shit. Because I thought you were going to get injured. And he got fucking injured doing it. Yeah, yeah. Frankie brings up a good point. I don't understand why him just overcoming Black Bullet Club Gold wasn't enough. Look, like he fucking murdered those guys. Well, like, like, like because nobody believed that they're lot. I'm sure their logic backstage or whoever put this all together or who you know uh, campaigned for it was no one. Nobody here believes that Jay White has a chance. So we got to make the odds even greater so that we can get to. The, the near fall of the figure four or the Tanashi tap out, tap out, whichever one it was, where he's begging and screaming and dying. And then you have uh, Adam Cole at ringside in the crutches holding the shirt that he can now use as a towel he could potentially throw in to get to that dramatic moment. That's all that was in service of. However, you could have done all of that and still gotten to that same moment in his match without doing the stretcher job, without doing the, 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 the fake bait, the, the bait switch, bait switch back to the original match thing without making a kayfabe thinking like Tony Khan's a fucking moron backstage for putting a, a guy that's Adam Cole in, in the fucking, ring, it, Adam Cole in the ring to defend the belt that he never won. Like, like couldn't all, have of just shit, like- all of that shit was like hurt the story that, that like that, that actually got you to that point, which was couldn't, like people turning off their brains as a watches are actually it, soaking in all the things they took in that night. And you're, the car, you're just not like, wait a second, wait what? Because like that's a problem with me when I watch movies. It's a problem when I watch people storytelling. It's like, wait, that doesn't make sense. And as all happening, when you get to this point, it's like none of this made sense. So even if like when people take talk about all the reason why they do this stuff, it's like, well, wait, let's just strip this back. If we don't do that, can't we still get to the same exact moment? Just by pilmanizing his leg without the ambulance job, just him going backstage and walk, trying to walk it off, trying to soldier it, through. Honestly, couldn't they have just done something even more simple than that? Like they could have like done a backstage interview with MJF like before, like after so Will Ospreay, right? It could have been like, yeah, but like so we're here. MJF's gonna be defending the title later. He, you know, how do you feel about defending the title? And then like the Gun Club just stomp him out backstage or some shit. Then it's like, oh, he just got stomped out and he and he'll come out or whatever, you know. Rather than he has to sell a fucking injury, drive a truck, and then like it's like, yeah, dog, like there's a, a wrestler re- like which leg that was can't, bad? There's a wrestler that, huh? Which leg was bad in the show? I think it was the left leg. Okay, it'd, uh, been, it'd been funny with the right leg. Like, wait, wait, wait. So with this bad leg, you drove with the gas pedal or the gas and right. brake all the way to really that. But it was then so like that. that would have been like, funnier. MJ or then Jay White. He can't. He's struggling with a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. Like it's just it's too much. Like and it was just really? like I thought it was a detriment to the overall match. And it was, it was I overbooked to death. Like. I, I don't even know if I go three stars on this. Like it was just that of a much more front to like, the championship. I was like, remember when John Mosley cut a promo about this belt and what the fuck this belt means? We're so far from well, that. You mean the rant that I went right on when, when I saw the Wimley match? I was like, bro, this is not what this promotion was built on. This is not what this promotion like uh, like at its best awesome. as, as like tried to present itself as. And this is what we're at now. And like, look, man, it got over with the crowd. Is like there are people that still like this or like this still the most over thing that's in the company right now. But you continue doing this, 
and you and like this will not this will not like the people that wanted an alternative will be like, well, I'm looking for an alternative to the alternative now. So, um, I would be careful with this. And I think that's the reason why, you know, we got the, this G1 thing just announced because it's like the MJF versus now overtaking AEW. We got to get back to sports based presentation in a, in a way, because we got rid of stats. We got rid of win loss records. We got rid of top five rankings and all that shit. And like this close thing we get is like, you beat somebody, you go up the ladder, you, and you can, uh, you can get your title shot. Cause we haven't had like a real legitimate title, uh, um, challenger that is like done all the things to be the champion for or be you know uh, get a shot at championship it's like look yeah Samoa Joe lose a pay-per-view and then two weeks later get a fucking title match we just had that right and he's about to get another one right so like we, we it's, been, it it's, up. Been, it's been goofy it's been goofy for months man it's been goofy for months I haven't enjoyed it except for like these matches that aren't actually the title match that MJ has been in. And he's been trying to save it by doing the things that aren't actually the, that are just the side quest stuff. It's like, bro, if your side questing stuff is more interesting than your main quest stuff, I suggest we cancel the main quest shit. Right? Like I shouldn't have more fun. I shouldn't have more fun playing a video game. Like looking if I'm playing Spider-Man, right? Looking for all the tokens and the nooks and crannies of the fucking city, trying to find pictures, right? A long lost backpass when I was Spider Manning five years ago that off that happened off screen compared to I don't know fighting Venom. That's fucking stupid. What are we doing? Yeah, man. fighting Venom should be awesome. It's time this to switch the awesome. title. It, it's 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 time to switch the title, and I um I'm tired of it at this point, and I just hope people listen. You know that. And also, MJF cheats to win at the end of the day. Still is a baby face. Oh, yeah. Because no one no one ever wins. No one ever loses an MJF match. It's just someone someone just does a little thing. And then, like, no one... That's 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 supposed to be the out for Jay White. It's like, oh, well, you know, he it was a one-legged man in an asking contest. But, like, he used, he used the ring. And it's like, well... Yeah, but, like, people were kicking each other in the dicks in this match both, both, on both sides. Like, all this stuff happened. Everyone was cheating, so it's still fair. You, you're still lost, man. Um, Like, yeah, man, I'm just tired of, I'm like, it's tropey. It's super tropey. It's been tropey. It was tropey before we even got into the got to the babyface turn stuff with Adam Cole with the every match comes down to when the ring gets pulled out. I, I've been over I've been over his shit in, in the matches for, for a long time now. And it's gotten worse. It's not gotten better. If you guys are watching live, welcome to the stream. Um, but yeah, man, <laughs> yeah, the, the the one guy he beat clean was Kenny, <laughs> and that and was his best then, match. Yeah, yeah, that was the best. Or match, his best but, match at, uh, since like the Danielson thing. Like, this is like, yeah, man. Like, it's time, man. It's time. Switch it up. Kenny probably told him no bullshit. I mean, we all think that. We all think that. Like, like, and even, like, and even that had Callus uh, getting involved in the match. But it was yeah. light bullshit compared to the ring, uh, low blows. Like, it, it's just, it's just over the top. Belt shots, like all this stuff, man. All this stuff. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was a couple like um, parts where you were meant to think, oh yeah, they got it. They got MJF now. That I just like didn't buy for a second. So. Right. Because um, you because 
you, you've watched wrestling for a long time. You like know you Jay gave Mike's the match away. Like it would have been more intriguing had they just like brought their ass out to the ring and wrestled the match. Like rather than you like, oh my god, they're not going to the night. What will how what will be the new thing? They have to actually tell a real story as opposed to copying pasting. You you might have a point. Oh, also, we give an MJF a lot of shit about this match. Uh, is it now time to talk about Jay White in his in his history in main event title matches since two thousand, dating back to two thousand nineteen? Hey man, if Kota Bushi's not in it, I don't want to hear it. Right, right. Like, I will give him. I have been. I have given him the benefit of the doubt. You know, new. You know, new promotion, new him, whatever. He's been on. He's been on his best behavior. This is the best version of Jay White I've ever seen in a him in AEW in Collision on Dynamite. Having matches, having really fun matches. He's not doing the powder shit. He's not wasting people's time. He's actually like a really. He's, I feel like he's a better TV wrestler than he is like a regular regular pay per view uh, wrestler. He has his own time. He can do whatever he wants. Like, and then he gets his biggest shot and his biggest opportunity to date. And he, what's he do? He goes back out there and goes back to the bullshit and. And just over dramatic nonsense, as opposed to just being the good ass wrestler he is, that he did showcase himself for most of his matches until he did evolve into just schlock. Like I, I never want to see them two wrestle again. They're <laughs> both. They're, aren't they both under thirty? Jay White's thirty now. Okay, they're both under thirty-five. They're both in the primes of their careers. They're both great in-ring performers. I never want to see them wrestle again. I I know what you're going to do is not get better as you get older. Fuck off. I never want to see these two together again in the ring, face off across from each other. No, we're done. Like this, this feels like it was the, it was the MJF textbook on this. I can't. I can't really. But the like, thing is, we have Jay White's history uh, of this shit and other promotion, and he and this yeah. is right up his fucking alley too. And that's why we were both saying, "Oh, this shit's going forty five minutes." It went thirty. Look, man, people wanted this match for a real long time. They were like, "Oh, it's just like Jay White, MJF," you know, just yeah. them being the these heels. That, that you know, the two guys that really know how to work. You know, because you know the guys at WWE will want. All right, take that shit over there and wrestle and, and go wrestle uh, the Tribal Chief and leave us the fuck alone. Yeah, please, man. we beg of you. Take that we- shit to Stanford. Actually, where is Endeavor? Where is uh, Endeavor HQ located? I've got to start changing that up. Wherever that is, yeah, yeah we have to look that up. Somebody, yeah. somebody, look that so, up. Yeah, that's just New York. They take that shit. Take that shit to Manhattan. We're done. Yeah, Enough. We got Osprey now. We got Swerve. We got Hangman. <laughs> like, nah, man. Like, like they're not gonna come bullshit. Us we don't like- have to do this. We do not have to do this. And they keep yeah. insisting on doing this to us. No, thank you, man. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh. Um. Endeavor is in New York, I believe. All right. Um, oh, New Jersey. Okay. Oh, all right. Whatever. Ship yeah. it over there then. Over there. The East Coast. Take it you over know. that bridge. You know, send it to Africa. You know, I don't... <laughs> Look, y- y'all want to do the, the MJFJ White match? Air that shit. <laughs> Take it over there. Africa oh. has had enough history of atrocities and problems. We do not need that sent over there, okay? <laughs> Um. So they, that, they look. They stripped the motherland naked, and now you want to send that shit over there? Nah, man. Unjust. Unjust. <laughs> uncalled for. Going to Disgusting. Nasty. Oh my god. Um. You suggest, so. What you suggested was fundamentally anti-black. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on. That was our review for Full Gear. 
Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame. Um, so we got seven new members of the uh, Hall of Fame. So we got Argentina Rocca, Miguel Perez, tag team, uh, Beauty Pair, Sergeant Slaughter, Jack and Jerry Briscoe, Big Tom Ish, Tomohiro Ishii, Blue Panther, and George Kidd. I can really only talk for Tomohiro Ishii, like as far as like in depth how I'm going to. I guess we should start there. Um, Tomohiro Ishii getting in. 60% of the vote. <laughs> Gets in before a lot of people. Yeah, This is a win for wrestling. This is a win for modern wrestling, for work rate, for someone having great matches, for someone basically deciding upon their own ability that they're going to be legendary. James, imagine if he had one sixteenth of Roman Reigns' push. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, look, I, I'm not. Going there were a lot that. of things I was upset about with this Observer um, Hall of Fame voting and all that. Yeah. The one thing was like Ishii got it in. I was so happy. Yeah. Um, I forgot. I, I think I was because I didn't watch Dynamite um, live, so I was like away from my phone. Like for a long, long time, and I was away from like any message from any place that could have possibly sent me something for spoiling dynamite. So I had kind of forgot about the Observer newsletter stuff, and uh, I had, you know, I had thought about it. I think it was Friday, and um, I had just got out. I had just like ended, got done with the gym. I'm, I'm exhausted, smoked. Can barely think anything. Just thought, oh, there's everything. Hall of Fame class guy. Let me check it out. I'm look, bro. I am sitting against a wall. I'm so fucking tired. I, <laughs> I, I pull up the Observer, and I see the top. I see that Ishii got in like at, at, at you know at the end of that sixty cutoff. I put a fist in the fucking air in celebration. <laughs> I, was, I was so fucking. I was exhausted, but I was happy, man. And um, and yeah, like I just uh, as you mentioned, like this is one of the greatest airing performers I've ever seen in my life. Um, and like you know, uh, uh, it's a percentage of the vote, but it's like if we can't get the people that are clinical specialists right in, then like why even count it, right? Like it's. It's a subjective thing. It's always going to be a subjective thing. There are people in here that should be in here that aren't going to be in for whatever one reason or another. But like, there is no, there are few people that have ever been as excellent as he has been in the ring. And if he's not going to get into the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, then what the fuck are we really doing? Um, And that's been kind of my point for all of this stuff. Like, you want to say he's not a draw and the only thing he matters to is Corkins or whatever else. I'm not going to argue with you. I have nothing to argue as far as his drawing ability or none of that. My suggestion is like, who else in the history of pro wrestling has had a, has had a decade long run like he has. And then if you want to consider the other factors, like at the age that it started. Yeah. If you don't want to care about it, whatever, but like this, he's been incredible for a decade straight now, a decade. Just, and I don't mean incredible. Like, Oh, you know, He's been, you know, one of the, he's been like one of the best wrestlers in America, whatever. I know he has put together a match catalog that can only be rivaled by like maybe two handfuls of pro wrestlers ever in this last decade. 
obviously it has something to do with the era. Obviously it has something to do with obviously the G1 stuff. Obviously it has to do with like the, the special era of wrestlers he was in in New Japan at the time. But like this dude like all those guys should be in. Like eventually like like And that's and, been my point about all this stuff begin with. This has been a special era. Kota Bushi and Naito went in last year. Tanahashi or sorry, uh, Okada got in the year before. Tanahashi's already in. All these guys, she, all these guys are at the top of this thing. Should get in, except for like Shibata, because Shibata's career ended so early. All of them should be in at the top of this. So uh, for me, like this is more vindication of like this is how special this era was in this promotion, and like it's over. And now that we have time to get past it, and this man is still coming out here and doing this at this, at such a high level. We should not ignore that, like, oh, yeah, this guy actually was, like, as good as Kenny Omega and Kota Bushi and, and those G1s at that time. That should be fucking commended and remembered forever. So I'm glad he's in. Yeah. Um, I sat on this show for years. I've gone on keeping a strong style, and I banged a drum about this man's greatness, how he should be main eventing the Dome. Like, uh, like I, like I, this is not a guy that was going to show up and mail it in uh, on a big show, small show, don't, don't, don't matter what, he, what, what show. He'll show up in fucking West Virginia and get over. Like, it doesn't matter what, what crowd. Not, don't uh, even say it like it's hypothetical. We've seen him come to America cold and then come out here, and then the crowd's losing his mind for this, for this guy that looks like a, a grandpa, a, a plumber. <laughs> He's fucking looks, amazing. Looks like he can fix a good car, you know. <laughs> yeah, this guy is sensational in like just like the basics of pro wrestling, like of how to manage drama, and you have ten to twelve minutes to do it. Tomohiro Ishii would have been phenomenal in any era because he would have excelled in short matches. Um, he would have excelled against like, uh, you know, people that, you know, either are super athletic or not. He's someone that it, you always got to wrestle the Ishii match right? and prove you can do it. Not him. Could it's kind of like Walter in a sense. Yes. Can you imagine if he had a match with like Pete Brock Lesnar? Can you imagine what that would have <laughs> fucking looked like? Like, you know, for years, for years, I was like, bro, when we were doing these, uh, these fantasy drafts for social suplex, we always be like, bro. Get Ishii, get Roman Reigns, pair them together. Roman to have this match's career. He's probably the like one of like the the probably two or three opponents that unfortunately Roman Reigns will never get that he needed yeah. in his career. Yeah. Oh, and, I, when I, and earlier when I mentioned the uh, the drawing stuff for Corgis, but it was you also mentioned like the Rev Pro stuff. What else? Like we mentioned Shibata, another example of that um, in the UK. But like that's very small things to add to like his, his, his powers draw. Like you put that shit on paper. He is not an observer wrestling hall of famer level draw. He absolutely is not. No one's making the argument. So, uh, the argument is like, this dude it's is so better than uh, you look at all these first ballot people that made it or whatever else. Can he outwork? Can that per- can, can he outwork Tomohiro Ishii? No. Oh, it's all but like two dozen people. Then what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Like an all-time legend. Yeah. Like happy that I never have to like vote for him again. I don't have to uh, continue to argue about it. You won. Like it's one of those things where like it's really simple. Like the the Hall of Famer thing in different sports was like you watched a guy for a certain amount of time or whatever else. Or you're like is that a Hall of Famer or not? And it's like snap judgment, yes or no. It's like 
it all comes down to, will you remember him? Bro, you know what have to happen to my brain for me not to remember Tomohiro Ishii like, <laughs> years from now? The kind of, the kind of like, I don't have to have the level of CTE we think he may end up having uh, for that to happen, bro. Nah, man, he's incredible. He's one of the first names I'll think of in this time we've been covering One, uh, one Nation Radio, we've covered wrestling, now we're in a decade of it, now we're into a year 11 of it. He's one of the first names I'll, co- I'll think of. Yeah. Um, so I don't have too much more on, on the other, um, inductees. I don't know if you wanted to mention anything about a beauty pair or, I mean, it made sense. They got in, even if it was, a, I think it's the first battle or whatever, but it's, it's just, you know, we talked about it before. Like I thought they were slam dunk to get in and I'm glad they did get in on the first one. Cause they're the template for so many other successful, um, like tag teams and they drew like crazy. So and you know it's a dry promotion or a dry hall of fame when you think about it a lot we really think about it so yeah they deserve, yeah. deserve to be in so it made sense um do we want to talk about people that didn't get in do you need absolutely to to that absolutely um because when it comes to people that didn't get in i was shocked and borderline appalled that the young bucks did not get in first ballot yeah um, yeah yeah 55% of the vote. They're 5% away, so they will get in. Presumably. Yeah, they'll get in next year, but they should have gotten in on the first ballot. They should have gotten in first ballot, and the people that robbed them, um, the the historians or the retired wrestlers, one of there was one voting block that didn't vote for the Young Bucks at all, completely left them off the ballot. They single-handedly stopped the seven-time uh, tag team of the year Match of the year having uh best tag team of a fucking generation, like they single handedly stopped these guys from moonwalking in. Most influential tag team, uh key to starting AEW, merchandise monsters. Makes no sense. Team like, the elite. We we talk about this pretty often. Like I was also I was also I was probably more disgusted with uh Moxie's uh uh, vote oh, we're gonna get to that. We're um, gonna get to that. But it's like, hey, man, this is a this is the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame. If you are voting in tag teams, and a tag team has one tag team of the year, was it seven times? You said seven times. If they've won it seven times, they're not a first ballot Hall of Fame for that particular same uh, newsletter's Hall of Fame. Then what the fuck are we doing? All ballots should be exposed. Like these, it makes these, no sense. These, these cowards that didn't vote the Young Bucks, and like, I can handle the Young Bucks hey, not being hey, rich, a 90% rich, and rich. 80%. They can't go in. Hey, Rich. J.J. Watt won Defensive Player of the Year three times in four years. If he doesn't end up being a first battle Hall of Famer, what are we doing? This is embarrassing. It's stupid. This, this, stupid. Is, in, this, this is embarrassing. Like, there, this, there this, is, look, this is intentional. Even if you don't like, even if you don't like their wrestling style, which, whatever, you cannot like their wrestling style. What you can't deny is that they drew ten thousand people to a building, and it's the first time someone did it that wasn't the uh, that wasn't WWE in this country in like twenty years. That alone should have got them there. Hey, 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 Cody Rhodes, Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Famer, too. Now, I'm not just saying it's just the Young Bucks. Kenny Omega's already in. Cody is, too. He's one of those four people that drew those people to that fucking building. Um, so, yeah. This is dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. Yeah, I, I don't really feel like going through the all the ways it's dumb, but, like, I just... I said as simple as I can. They have the, they have the track record for drawing. It's there. They have the... 
in the own in the same newsletter, the accomplishments and accolades to suggest they should be Hall of Famers in the same fucking newsletter. This is dumb. I don't know what I don't, I don't give a fuck what these old timers think about their wrestling style. Their style is right. their style in the worst Shawn Michaels, and that yeah. style has been influential and successful financially. The end. Like, I don't know if Jim Cornette personally influenced all these people and Les Thatcher and, you know, <laughs> I'm throwing out names here, but like, um, just that the, the line of thinking that has gone along with this stuff that has culminated in these guys having to be on this ballot. And pretty much all of us that follow such things like, oh, when the bus go on their first ballot, like there's, there's nothing to worry about here. Turns out that sometimes you can't get past hate right away. Like niggas going to wake up and hate. And that's what happened here. Also, did you um, notice that CM Punk went up in voting this year? Yes, yes, yes. Um, he had a worse year. He had a worse case this year than last year. Yeah. Got more votes. What are we Amazing. doing? What, what, Amazing. What are the voters doing? Amazing. There's there's more than that. So, like, but, but just I mean, on the there's a lot of, I'm just pointing it out. I'm just pointing yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get to it. I got a couple of like, other things, but I think it was an affront to the institution, and these people should turn their ballots in stop voting on this shit because you clearly don't want to vote correctly. Like it, you it don't is, even want to come up with a reason aside from like, nah, fuck them. Like, I this like, is the reason why I get annoyed when people do the stuff with their ballots where they're like, all right, um, we got X number of votes to use. I'm not going to use all of them. I talked, we talked about this on, uh, uh with JD on red leaf retrocast was like, I, I, what are we doing? If you think, if your thing is you're too, you're, your eyes for a Hall of Famer is too prestigious, whatever else. And like, I need you to like not vote because now you're 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 messing up. The, you're skewing this thing. You're messing up. You're making it harder for people to get in. And it's like, I don't know what you're doing. Like, this isn't your Hall of Fame. This is a Hall of Famer asking you to vote on behalf of. It's not. It's not the same thing. You're two different objectives. Um. So, yeah. Roman Reigns, fifty-two percent. Um. What was? That's a pretty big jump from last year, wasn't it? Last year he had thirty-one. So, um. Yeah. You know, if he has another year, like he'll get in at a, at a high in. level, he's getting in. I would consider voting for him next time. He's getting in. Um, um the, look, whether or not he he whether or not I think he should get in right now is another thing. I'm willing to say he has time still to get himself in. Uh, I think that people, you know, as we talked about it before, as far as him, you know, the reason why the reason why he still didn't get in now is like enough time has to pass of like when he like had these unsuccessful main event runs in in um, WrestleMania to like now it's like all right he's it's more successful on this back end. It's like you have to get distance from that immediate, you know, mid to late two thousand tens run of just like uh, he's a failing babyface supposed to like nah he's a successful hill that's top hill and top babyface in the promotion. Um and the more he does that the more it'll it'll go higher and higher until he's eventually in. And whatever um, I just find it funny that like <laughs> his matches are worse than ever. His matches are yeah. worse than ever, and like he's and people see him as a bigger deal. And it's like uh, okay, all right. I mean, look, this, the bloodline storyline is definitely in. All, I mean, really, Sami Zayn in the bloodline storyline has taken it to new heights. Absolutely has. So, um, 
like I'm glad they were able to figure something out. I'm still trying to figure out what they're going to move off to after this because like we're now running on fumes of fumes of fumes with this bloodline thing. Uh, but you know he's not here long enough for for people to now hold that against him. Because now it's all falling on the Usos and in, in Sokoa, so in Heyman, so whatever. I just don't know how to explain business not changing at all when he's not around. Like I, <laughs> um, as you mentioned, CM Punk up three percent. Um, my my one year ban on voting for him is over now, so I would consider voting for him next year. All right. Um, but you mentioned him going up three percent. I thought that was kind of funny because I imagine where those votes probably came from. Oh man. <laughs> Jim Johnson, 44%. Shingo Takagi, 41% um, on his first year on the ballot. So that's a great starting point. And I think Shingo's going to, with Beauty Pair going in, a lot of people clearing out. Right. He kind of leaps to the top of the uh, of the Japan pile right now. Do we know who's um, added on to next year's pile in that region? We do. Um, that is going to be uh, Zack Sabre Jr. will be there with him. Uh, See? Yosh- See Yoshihiro Rich? Takayama. See, Rich, he ain't never coming over here. Saber ain't never coming over here. Kento Miyahara, uh, Grand mm-hmm. Hamada, and Kochi Yoshizawa. So, okay. Uh, I, uh, well, obviously, he's going to do better than Saber. Obviously. Um, yeah. I, I think Shingo is going to get in next year. So, um, <laughs> like Zack Saber Jr., you got to think, like, he has a lot more great matches. Like, if you just pull up his right, right, matches, right. than, like, you expect. So, right. like, yeah, there's something um, that I think there's a conversation to be had about ZSJ. There is from the in-ring perspective. Uh, the I, I would is, never consider him among the, the best guys. Like right. he was there at the same time Ishii was all there. Right. I don't think he was close to Ishii. His, and his pro- but his problem is going to be his style is divisive. I don't think there's anybody that watches Ishii's matches that has watched Ishii's matches that are in his ma- think his matches are as divisive as like some of the Saber stuff. Like some of the Saber stuff is a turnoff. It for and some of it was for us too. Um, there's also the problem where like a lot of his great stuff is also in talked off and Noah. A lot of people didn't see that shit. Um, mm-hmm. that will vote for him from this from for this newsletter. So, uh, is he a Hall of Fame level act? I think so. Will he get in? That's the real question, right? Um, yeah, JY, uh, JYD it, going up from thirty eight to thirty nine percent. So. He's in historical now, so it might be kind of a long fight. So um, yeah. the 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 fight for JYD continues. Um, uh, the he was doing great in the public bouting, then the private ones came in, and guess he didn't do so much. Gotcha. Uh, the Briscoes debut with thirty seven percent on the ballot. Not bad. Good spot. Good spot for them to debut at. Steiner's lost tons of support, probably due to the Rick Steiner stuff. Uh, Makes with, sense. Yep. So, um, I didn't think Rand- of that, but it makes sense. Randy Orton and Edge, uh, Randy Orton 31%, Edge 30%. Um, let's see, Tony Schiavone 28%, down 4% from last year. Uh, Edge went down 3%, per- 3% as well. Left the fan. Amazing. <laughs> um, I'm not that, look, I'm look. That's not the only person we bought to bring that up for. Um, we got Goldberg with only 23%. Becky Lynch, 22%. 
Yeah, and uh, I saw that percentage. And I saw He's got a long to, way to go. Yeah, uh, I saw Meltzer uh, made a case that like because of like, are we just never putting women on here again? Because if because if Becky don't make it, then no woman's going to make it again. That's like in the that's like in the in this particular like contemporary space. And like, he has a great point about that. Like. If you are going to vote on the part like the sexism is a thing in this uh, in this world or whatever else, and then like you know the same way we be able to measure success of like you know coaches at smaller schools or whatever else, right? Like I don't expect Bill Snyder to at Kansas State to have had you know being able to have to pull off the same thing that Joe Paterno or or um, Bobby Bowen was able to pull off before saying Penn State, uh, you know, like you have to have a recognition of like the limitations of which was you're dealing up going up against to be able right. to tell how great a coach is based off of the, the situation. So like when it comes to Becky Lynch, it's like, yeah, she should get more consideration than this. And if she's only at 22 after having a, a, a legacy or not legacy, but having a, a year to add it to her legacy, then fuck. Yeah. That's going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, but she's not in the worst position of all these people. Um, there is more. So um, Rossi Ogawa down 2%. Uh, he's in 19. Matt and Jeff Hardy, 18%. They were at 30% last year. So, in, never happened. And an Im- absolutely embarrassing display. John Moxley, 13%. This is arguably more outrageous than the Young Bucks not going in first ballot. A man, and I, I got in a Discord argument with a couple people that claimed that looking at Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards for the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame is a surface-level, shallow thing to research a candidate on. I'm like, I'm sorry. What? It it only adds up with the history of the awards. Like, (laughs) Like, you find me, someone that's not named Mystico, and even Mystico finally went in, you find me somebody that's won two of these, two Flair Thezes, and not got like I can handle that he didn't go in, right? I can get I can get that, right? But 13% and he's won Flair Thez twice. In the last three years. This not even like some this not even some old thing. This is recent. What well, one of these like 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 things like where, yeah, man. He won in 2020, which is like one of the hardest pro wrestling years anybody's ever faced for that award. Like, it just makes me think, oh, wow, people were really upset. He left WWE. Like, that's all I can think of for him. Like, it's something that, don't, it's something that doesn't make sense, man. It just doesn't. Like, Osprey, I'm sorry, uh, you look at his work between AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling since he left WWE. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. It doesn't. Like, I'm sorry. Nah, man. Like, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Right? I just don't know. Like, I don't. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, if you want to say, well, he only has two years, or what, or, or three years, or whatever else since he left that that matter, or whatever. It's like, okay, those those years are pretty fucking awesome. James, less people voted for him than Ole Anderson. Yeah. What are we doing here? I, I I don't know. Maybe they didn't see Texas Death this year. I don't know. Maybe like, they didn't see the Orange Cassidy match this year. I don't know. 
Maybe, maybe, maybe the th- situation is like the people he's wrestling they consider goofball, so therefore it's illegitimate. I don't know. Like, do they not see what his like match catalog looks like, his Bro, historical it's, significance, it's and then like you know, he's one of the four most important wrestlers in the second biggest promotion in, in America. I mean, for yeah. it. he's one of the four biggest uh, names or acts in the history of the second most successful American pro wrestling company ever financially. This is dumb. This, this is, is dumb. like, this is one of the dumbest voting totals that I think like, I've if you were ever to say, seen. Rich, if you were to come away and be like, Hey, um, this like, could he get like 45%? Like, I, I feel like that's like, okay. Anything under that. I feel like is like, Hey man, what are we doing? Kenny Omega, John Moxley, Chris Jericho, and then throw in your name in a hat, whether it's, you know, uh, whether it's MJF or it's Cody. If you want to split the difference and say it's not, it's just those three that I mentioned, leave those two away because they're, they're, you know, because whatever, fine. But like the part where like those three, like two of them are no doubt Hall of Famers or no doubt Hall of Famers based in, you could honestly say based off of what they did to get this off the ground and now we're four years into it. And you consider like how long four years actually is when you consider like how fast in uh, A or WCW rolls and fell. It's like, all right, man, I, 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 I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what we're doing. Um, maybe, you know, some things clear up some with some of these people out the ballots, whatever else people will come to their senses, but like, Maybe he has to go out here and have another and win a third Flair Thez. I don't know. I, I was, I was, I was going to say, I was like, yo, maybe he'll just have to win Flair Thez again. Like, <laughs> like maybe I have to like, maybe, they, maybe they think the first two were a fluke. I don't know. Yeah, man. It's, um, quite disgusting. I think that like, I'm, I'm, I'm I, waiting, I, I'm, I think he caught, I think he caught some of the, yeah, he, he, you're not in WWE anymore. What, what um, Roman year has been better than any of these Moxie years? None. None. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. And he got fifty something percent on the ballot after being dropped off too. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. Like maybe, maybe there, maybe it's like a, you know, he was less, or they pushed him less than Seth or Roman when they broke up the Shield back then. So we're dinging him for that or something. And it's like, well, how come every time they were in bad situations, they kept sending Moxie out there, or sorry, sending Ambrose out there to save their sorry asses. Preferably sorry asses. Have they, have they not just, considered that they, when they when they had to yeah. staple both of them? Like like when we talked about uh, Doctor Dre, right. uh, when y'all still wasn't doing too good. Who's the doctor that told you to go see Doctor Ambrose? Up closely, like Doctor Ambrose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's it's. I don't know what's going on, man. It makes no sense. Trish May- Stratus hangs on to the ballot at eleven percent. Y'all keep doing this. Stop it. Trish Stratus got two percent less of the vote than John Moxley. Embarrassing. Let's get to even more embarrassing, James. Falling off the ballot with less than ten percent of the vote. <laughs> Seth freaking Rollins. I all I gotta say is, I knew it. You thought he was gonna follow the ballot? They yes, like okay. I thought. I didn't. That's a, that was surprising this to me. guy has demonstrated himself to be unlikable, overrated, and like. But but but, but Rich constantly behind Rich. But where is Randy Orton on this list? On this list again? 
You just said two things that also described Randy Orton. He's in the 30s. What the fuck? You forgot all the old people love Randy Orton because he does headlocks. And he would have been a night off for them working with them. Um, Okay, good point. I forgot. You're right. But Seth Rollins, (laughs) it's just objectively hilarious that he fell off the ballot when you consider Trish Stratus stayed on the ballot. Uh, John Moxley stayed on the ballot. Roman Reigns obviously stayed on the ballot. His wife. His wife stayed on the ballot. His wife more than doubled him. Correct. Uh, his look, you know, like I actually was wearing a uh, a horsewoman t shirt earlier today. Um, like I'm sorry, Becky ain't got the match count like the Seth Rollins does. This is this is like I look even even acknowledging like the differences in whatever. It's like, hey man, we can't. Are you really like? Are we really look? Are we are we really are we really saying that that, that Becky deserves over twice the vote that Seth Rollins has? That's kind of. That that's a little mm. bit too much, man. That's a little bit too much. Like if you like if you want to say that like Becky should be at a forty and the session be in the twenties or whatever else, I, I I mean I guess or whatever else, but like his ass fell off the ballot. Like maybe it was something in the in like the in the voting that fucked him that got him fucked over. I don't know. Where it's like this ain't your year, kid, so you gotta follow the ballot. But like he only his ass sent on the ballot, like, you know, two, three years from now again. And it has to be up out again. And I look, I wonder, you know, if he's gonna fuck himself up by like getting on Melzer's bad side again. You know, he'd be going back and forth with each other for years now. And like, you like, you know what? I'm not putting you in a battle no more. I'm done. Enough. Fuck you. Uh, we'll see. It's funny, you know. Like, you know, I just heard you hear about the greatness of Seth Rollins from a lot of these people. You know, the the three and a half star savior. Um, <laughs> you treat like he's Cody now. Yeah, it's like, 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 no, nah, man, like, I wouldn't, like, I don't look at stuff and see any kind of, like, dominant personality. I don't look at him and see, like, someone that is, like, he, like, he's just goofy. Like, like, he's, like, a non-threatening individual. Like, <laughs> like. I don't he, know what this has to do with wrestling, but okay. Yeah, like I don't know, like it's just, just it all don't like add up, like like these are all unrelated things that turns out like it don't be adding up when it's time for him to be the man. Like it's just something about. But he's him, not whether... the man. Roman's the man. There's that too. When they give but, him but, that, but, fucking... my, but my thing is like when they give him is, that is, geek oh, world oh, title. Well, I guess I'm asking is like, is it the point now where it's like Roman's the only one that's ever going to get in now in a in WWE, and no one's ever going to get in now. Probably. Like, look at these vote totals. Like, he's the only one within striking distance. Aside right, from but, like, right, it dep- saying, but, depends on how you feel about CM Punk. Like, right, I mean, but, but I've long, but you know, I've long been like, hey man, like if we're just never going to put any WWE people in here. Then like, that kind of sucks. Um, and I feel the same way. And like now, like when I see Moxie's numbers, I see the Young Bucks not get in in the first bout. I'm like, so we're just like. We're just not putting any modern Americans in, any, any I, modern people out of America in, unless they're like they've had like an exclusive history in Japan or like some extenuating thing that makes people be like, makes old timers be like, nah, that guy could have wrestled in our era, so therefore we can vote him as opposed to fuck over these people that wrestle in today's era. Like it's I weird. Think it's, it's really I, weird. I think it's less that, and I think it's more. There's a logjam starting in modern U.S. right now, and. 
well, it's going to take a couple well, years. Well, think about what started the log jam. <laughs> if we start not putting people, if we start, just, if we basically start at two thousand, we basically only put in what, uh, like seven like the downturn from, of from, like stars, like that. That's what really started it. Like you know, Randy Orton and Edge and all these people that would start were pushed bigger than they actually were. Like started it. Like, and I, I think. I guess where I'm getting at is if we're not going to change the, the standard or definition of what is a uh, Hall of Famer to the standards of back when there was no fucking internet, then like, <laughs> then like, then, then what are we doing? You know, that, that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like, hey man, like we have like this is this is different now. This is different. That, that and thing if, if we're not going to acknowledge like- that, then like this Hall of Fame is going to look. At like ass cheeks for like entire generations of pro wrestling fans, they'd be like, "Hey, bro, if I put if I if I go in on the YouTube and pull out some black and white tape of a motherfucker losing a match because they miss a drop kick, compared to um the shit that I grew up on, I'm not trying to hear from you old timers. It's good. It's gonna look funny yeah, in the light. It just is. Yeah, uh, I I I think Seth should um get over. You know, get good. Get you good. Know. Here you go. You know? You know, get good. You know, like, hey, man, you fell off the ballot, my nigga. You've been in WWE. Hey, man, wrestling America ain't good for you. You know, wrestling uh, America is not good for you. You know, the look, the voting public seems appears to be like less knowledgeable than compared to like uh, people that are the pure fans that that vote in um that vote for the Japanese uh or the Mexico or the Mexico uh regions. It just seems like it. It just seems like because they're, like, they're willing to adjust the expectations and the changes in like the economy and in like entertainment and there's and it's not being and these accommodations are not being made for modern American, I'm not American fans. I'm not the modern American like um, candidates. Is what I'm to say. It's just it's weird to me. It's been weird for me for a long time, and it's like I'm trying to put my. It feels like there's a bunch of things. A lot of bad like, booking. Talking about all this stuff. A lot of these guys are all. A lot of these guys are victims of the same Booker, yeah, right? Yeah. That have used them and fucked them up to varying degrees. Absolutely. But like, I don't know if Seth Rollins has done enough to distinguish himself. When every time he's given a title towards the top, it doesn't really ever set the world on fire. It doesn't ever really like end up on top. Actually, like he's always underneath. Like you know, whatever the real person's doing. And was he underneath in 2015? He wasn't look. Roman Reigns was champion essentially without the belt, <laughs> and but, Seth Rollins. But Seth was doing better work than Roman at the time too. But the way they were pushing him was making him an absolute geek, tanking That's the true. ratings. That's true. And and they had made that man lose something like twenty one matches in a row and shit as the champion. Like it was it was comedic. Like the way they were pushing Seth in two thousand fifteen, and it was like. Yeah, man, y'all should have just like made Roman the champion and bit the bullet. Like th- this was wasteful. Like, and I think that really hurts stuff. Like, and then you get to him not knowing how to connect as a babyface for a long time, and then now his entire thing is built upon dressing funny and people chanting his song, and it's like, what else you got? And you know, you see how Cody comes back in, right? They have these guys together on a Survivor Series team right? Uh, next week. Yeah. Seth Rollins is the quote-unquote world heavyweight champion. 
Cody is on the posters. Cody is the team captain. Cody's a bigger star right now. I, we, we know I, that. I agree. And and how did Seth Rollins let this happen? Well, he didn't go to a, he didn't he didn't start AEW and then get poached. I mean, you know, when he comes I mean, back oh, in, let's think about it, let's think about it, let's think about it. We pull Seth Rollins from 2019 off the shelf, 2018 off the shelf. We get Cody Rhodes 2018 off the shelf. Given what we know about about Tony Khan. Right and how he absolutely did not. He said we are not making that fucking guy our world champion. I think he would rather have chosen Seth than, than Cody. I think so. Well, I, I don't know this. I just have a feeling that his aesthetic, general until recently, <laughs> is more for <laughs> someone who wrestles like Seth more than Cody. Um. So yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's, it's been it's been really weird. Not, not a great to, talker. Not, my question is, my thing is actually about, isn't specifically about. Seth in this moment as opposed to is this going to be a whole block of nobody from America ever getting voted in even like guys that like finished top five and Flair Thez I'm, I'm not talking about Seth in this because he, he's, he's never finished top five Flair Thez, I, don't think. I don't think Orton and Edge have either like that's maybe Edge did that's what I'm getting at so we, have, we also have these other motherfuckers that are non-outstanding too that have like three times the vote and your whole explanation is well you know, easy night at the thing, or easy night, or whatever else. And Seth is dangerous because very hard to say he was dangerous at one time because three, three random ass things happened. It's like, hey man, that's a long ass. Have to compile, yeah, he ain't raised a soul since. He's gonna have to compile and retire to get in this. Like, he's, he's been compiling. Compile. That's what I'm getting at. But like that means rich. compiling like rich, rich, mid, rich, rich, rich. like <laughs> like he's not he's rich. not compiling these rich. superstar years like rich. AJ Styles neither, or something. But neither has fucking Randy Orton. Pull up Randy Orton's cage match, and, and Randy Orton's cage match ain't better than Tamakano's. But you, you know pull why. up Seth. Now, what do you think it looks like compared to Seth? You know, you know why that is, though, with Randy Orton. Randy Orton, his last name is Orton. They all worked with his dad. They love that guy. He, Randy Orton is the guy that has Hall of Fame ability but does not have a Hall of Fame resume. Absolutely. Like, that does not have Hall of Fame like work ethic. He or has Hall of like, Fame stretches of giving a fuck for like two or three months at a time before he eventually gets hurt and comes back and not give a fuck again. Yeah, yeah. Like so, I would, I would, I would probably compare him with the Edge if anything, rather than Randy Orton, because I Edge doesn't have a daddy. He doesn't have a famous daddy or I anything. <laughs> I, I will say this: I think I think Edge has, t- has a higher has a higher ceiling historically in WWE in his career than Seth does. Would you disagree? This is, this is a good argument for um, Chad. Our buddies. Yep, <laughs> I think he would go with Edge personally, but you know he yeah, does. I think you have Seth, to like, but where the where the fuck is? Well, I don't think there's an Undertaker WrestleMania 24 uh, thing um, that that Seth has. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Logan Paul was good. But I don't um, like what Seth thing is as good as like the scene of stuff with Edge. Is there anything like that? I don't think so. I think you have to. Randy Orton was a good mid card match. Um, trying to remember, he he missed a couple years and he That's got true. like shunted down the card. That's true. A couple years, the Triple H match I didn't love. Um, 2018 was in a three way. For the IC belt, the Brock match was like this kind of short squash. Right. The real match was that summer. 
he wrestled Kevin Owens in the, in the fucking um, performance center. I don't think you can really, you know, do you want to go to bat like with that? I don't think you do. Um, 2021 uh, fought Cesaro. 2022 was Cody. Might be the Cody match. That might be his best one. Yeah, that ain't as good as this. That ain't as good as hell, that uh, that WrestleMania 24 main event. Yeah, it's just not. No, not against him. It's not. Yeah, and I mean, look at the position it was at on the card. Like it was, you know, in the middle of the show. It was kind of a featured match, but he don't he, never he was get. He was wrestling like, an unadvertised wrestler. Yeah. Last time they had an unadvertised wrestler, uh, wrestler match, people were saying, "Well, what's the world? What's wrong with Undertaker being John Cena in three fucking minutes or whatever the oh, fuck it man. was?" You remember that? That's so funny. Oh my god! I mean, that's they never promised. They never promised that. That I think that show changed this. Change, that particular WWE show changed this show more than any other show ever. That show changed this network. And I'll let that one yeah. ride. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. Going on the ballot next year, Cody Rhodes, uh, Samoa Joe. I bet he won't fall off the list. I bet he won't fall off the ballot. Kevin Owens, he should not fall off the ballot. Um. Usos, are you ready for that? Um, brother, where 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 the Usos coming in at? Where do you where do you predict them coming in at? Twenty five percent higher than Becky Lynch. Yeah. Because they're they're attached to the bloodline shit, like people are gonna. Ah, uh, okay. And they've been the team for. Because I was gonna ask you, what fucking Usos match was as good as Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair last woman standing? I ain't, I ain't seen that one. I would probably go like the Hell in a Cell match with the, with the New Day. Uh that was a good one. You're right. That's a good one. All right, and you wanna go through the next five? Uh, Becky versus Usos matches. Because <laughs> I think mm-hmm. Becky might have the beat. No. Yeah, yeah, okay. Just want to make fucking sure. All right. Also, the Uso is going to get that, uh, you know, work with their daddy. They might get the old time. <laughs> Cody, they work with their daddy. There's a, there's a lot of nepotism coming on. Oh, the, uh, you're right. Look, you're Bray right. Bray Wyatt's going on this thing next year. You're, who's going work, on? Got Bray Wyatt's going on next oh, year. Man. Work with their daddy. Death I bump. No all that. I ain't got nothing to say about Bray Wyatt. I ain't got Except, nothing to say about Bray Wyatt. I have nothing to say about Bray Wyatt. So I would not vote him in the WrestleMania New Letter Hall of Fame. That yep, is all. that's that's as, that's as, that's as simple as I'm going to say it. That's a, that's that's all I'm going to say too. I'm moving on. Um, we, we got well, our archive. Yeah, <laughs> yep, we got, yep, we go got check archive. it out. We, we can give you all the 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 arguments uh, regarding Bray Wyatt. Go to the spot. You can go to the Spotify link. Type in One Asia Radio Bray Wyatt, and I'm sure some shit will pop up that you can go find it <laughs> on a timestamp. I not. There's not a time or place, or place right now for it. This is not. Yeah, man. So uh, I guess, James, it's been a while. So I got to hit the music. <laughs> Shindy Han Stardom Wrestling. All right, so um, this morning it was announced that uh, for the Osaka pay-per-view this coming... Well, you can't hear me? No, I was just saying, wake it up. Wake it up. Oh. Uh, 
they they, uh, they announced that they are uh, for the uh, upcoming uh, November second Osaka pay per view that they are vacating the uh, red belt and also the tag belts uh, because of Nasapoy and Tam Nakano's uh, 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 injuries. And um, they, for the red belt, will be um, having a tournament. Now, um, on one side of the bracket, basically, um, Suzu Suzuki has yet to be able to challenge for the red belt after winning the Grand Prix. So uh, the, um, the other, so she's already advanced through and there would be a four person tournament to get the spot um for facing suzu uh at sumo hall um i believe and uh it's four person tournament um one match i saw was like ami saray versus who rich um micah was it micah i know micah's in it for for the tournament is ami saray and micah and then momo versus mina Right, right, right. So, um, freshes up. Freshes up. What turned into a disastrous year for the red belt this year. Um, just poor planning. Poor planning. Injuries fucked up everything. What was planned for you know the champion? What was planned for the who's probably going to win the Grand Prix originally? Um, and also just just uh, just a mess. Like this thing has been a mess ever since. Honestly, they took it off of Shuri. Um, people wanted Tam to win the belt at the time because they did not like the ice lore from Julia. Even though me and you both liked the ice lore, they were like, take it off of her. And then what followed that was, well, we're going to take the belt off of Julia. And then we're not actually going to have Tam defend the, the belt like normal. We're going to have her have white belt versus red belt matches, then defend the white belt, then go back and then like, oh, it's Grand Prix time. Now there's nobody defending anything. Oh, except for she faces a fucking outsider. Match overachieved. Cool. Then we get out to Grand Prix. Who, who's the first challenger? Nasco. Nasco with an unfathomable blown out knee to, uh, to big match ratio since 2020. Um... And this is where we're at. So, like, we have had... Uh, I gotta say, I gotta give... We have had six title... We have had six red belt title defenses this year. That stinks. I, I gotta give a point to Julia as far as the, the Julia Town ride with better red belt champion. Gotta, gotta go with Julia. Oh, you got to. Because on one. one got... Because one got Suzuki and Maya Yuki. And the other one got the Megasis and Nesco Tora. And then Nesco... Because you can't go up for the fucking move. Blows out her fucking knee. Fuck. Anyway... You know. Zach Porter um, wrote me this morning. He said it was the end of the run of Scam Nakano. I have Scam never heard Nakano. that. I, I've never heard that phrase before. Yeah, and I, that's funny. I died um, laughing. But also, Natsapoy, you had to hand it in. Yeah, I don't know exactly what her injury is. I believe that uh, I was told it's something similar to like a neck issue similar to uh, Utami's. So, um, Get well know. soon, Natsapoy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, this year, this this, this roster been beat to no, hell all year, man. Like this, this, like I don't know, if we have delved into all the injuries and all that. And we haven't, like, we haven't, like you know, it's been a while since we talked about stardom. Because quite that. frankly, I, like, I haven't, I, Rich, I have not watched anything in stardom since the Grand Prix final. Because I was like, all right, like, I, or actually not the Grand Prix final, but ever since like Tam defended the one after the Grand Prix, and I was like, okay, so like I think she's blew out her knee. And then that match got called off because, and then Tam got pulled from that, uh, from the tag league. And I was like, I think 
I think she blew her knee, and now they're just wasting time. And now I'm like, all right, remember, you? I told you this, what, how many weeks ago? I was like, I think they, sh- I think they should make her vac- vacate the belt. Mm-hmm. And now, two, three weeks after I said this, now they're vacating the thing. It's like, what the fuck was the holdup? Yeah, I, I think the schedule is like, ran them down. Um, it has. It has. And it's Tons like. There's there's no debating this now. Like the schedule is random down. The hard style is is running a lot of these people down, and it's like something to consider. Like as far as like the overloading of the schedule, um, like going from basically two shows a week to three, that's a big fucking deal, man. And I understand that like um, a lot of these matches are still the you know standard. The average starter match still the standard. You know, faction versus faction, multi-person match. But when they get people in these positions, they have these singles matches. They they are still dropping each other on their necks, hitting each other hard, headbutting each other, shoot headbutts and clunking headbutts and all that kind of stuff. Like this is a really really violent promotion. And I don't I, I don't know if we've been because uh, we've been covering so long, we've been desensitized to it. But like it's that's been the way it's going. And then when you you know keep churning out pay per views every two weeks. This is where you end up at. And then, you know, like, there's also the part where we've had trouble with, like, trying to figure out how to roster position or, or kayfabe these uh, these IWGP uh, women's titles oh, yeah. between Strong and and uh, and uh, the, the domestic belt. And it's kept them out. It's kept Julia and Mayu from the title picture and had them away from, you know, what could be, you know, quality or high-level matches, pay-per-views, main event, pay-per-views, pay-per-view main events for uh, stardom. And it's it's just been it's been a mess, and like quite frankly, it feels like ever since they you know did the Yokohama Budokan show, like to break out the patterns of you know having your long title reigns, people he you know because Rossi felt like he had got predictable and stale that these gonna be long run belts or whatever else. It's like injuries keep piling up. The people you want to win to do these things and change things, or whatever else, end up getting hurt. The ideas don't seem as well thought out as they used to be. Um, it's it's just been, you know, the universe unit stuff isn't as strong as it used to be. The nerfing of, DD, of DDM hurt this year. Um, it's been a lot of problems this year. Um, and it's like the first year where I haven't been in love with stardom. It's like loved everything about it. Just, just the first year. Um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, Micah and, and Suzu or Momo or Mina can jumpstart this thing. Um, but I think there needs yeah. to be some rejiggering, and I feel like there should be like a consolidation of the units. Obviously, there's, you know... Should they do a unit draft all, all over again? I don't think they'll ever do that again because they haven't done that since Bushiro bought them. Gotcha. Um, I wouldn't mind it because I think they need to, you know... Uh, the rosters have been too stretched... Or not, for, not stretched, that's not the word... Yeah, we know. The, I feel like the roster positioning within the within the units have been kind of weird, um, and I feel like if you could fix some of this, if you can use a draft to fix some of this stuff, you can kind of get back to where Stardom was the previous four years or whatever. We, we know Momo ain't winning, um, <laughs> so we could just eliminate she would have her the best right match now. With, she would have the best match with Suzu. Yeah, she absolutely would. Um, Maybe maybe they let her do that and fight Suzu, but you know, let Suzu win. But that'd be funny. Um, I think I think that means Momo wouldn't then move to O in seven in Red Belt matches. 
Jesus Christ. Um, so Micah versus Ami. I think you got to go with Micah there. Yeah. Um, Momo versus Mina. That can go either way. That can go but either way. Like, they have there's, uh, there's a lot of torture possibilities for, for uh the the Mina fan base, the Momo fan base, and the Micah fan base. They all are gonna have to battle it out. You're right. Uh, you're right. Because ultimately, I, I I feel like at this point now, like Suzu has to win the white has to win the red belt, regardless of whoever they pick. Uh, like I mean, they could pick Micah because you know. In the final of the Grand Prix this year, the crowd overwhelmingly wanted Micah to win. They still just went with Suzu anyway. Um, but I feel like you kind of already went down this route and you decided to put Suzu through. Uh, man, it's like they didn't even do that when um, when Hoshiki uh, had to had to vacate the white belt. Like they they put Julie in the tournament. Like she mm-hmm. won the Cinderella tournament, and they're like, "Yeah, go go uh, face who was it." Go face, I think it was Konami. Yeah, go face Konami and then go face Tam. Wonder what Shuri's doing. Get her to she's doing, she's doing uh, a UWF stuff still. Like she faced Mina in a UWF match a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago, and then she faced uh, on, uh, a, a foreigner. I think her name was called Scandinavian Savage. Uh, yeah. Last pair for you. She's yeah. fighting Nanai Takahashi in I a heard. UWF match. I heard. Well, or we could put the red belt on Nanai. I mean, um, I don't see the point of doing that now. Just, just with JD, just to fuck with JD. Yeah, strictly for that. That the one man. I believe. Where, where's JD from? Is he from Maine? I forgot what state he's from. Uh, he's, from he's from. He's from. He's from. He's from up, my area. He's from the up north area. Yeah. Yeah. He's from yeah. that northeast corridor. One single man from the northeast. This is for Nanai Takahashi. Keep your passion high. Um, but yeah, man. Um, we got the return of Sai Kamatani and um, is it Tommy uh, back too? Itami, yes, Tommy sister, both back. Uh, a blessing from from above. Uh, Sai is back. Uh, and it is uh, you know, I think if there's an easy story in the promotion to tell, it's like these guys have got back together. They settled everything. They're back. Put them with the tag belts, you know. Let let them go after those, strap them up, and then get them ready for a collision course in like a year, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, for for you know, ultimately, Sai Kamatani like winning it off of Utami somehow. Um, get that second Utami run, uh, which I think she's more than capable and ready to do, and then. You know, it kind of lines up. It looks like Saya was about to get, you know, tapped on the head anyway this year, you know, before she got, you know, injured. So very excited to see them back. Yeah. Um, I think at this point now, I think we've kind of kind of got to come to the conclusion of like stardom is better when the top stars as far as storyline tellers are not the champion. Um mm-hmm. like when you put Saya Kamatani or Shuri, even though Shuri had a great story to get to the white belt, or Utami you put them in the make them the red or white belt champion, and then you allow like people like Starlight Kid or Julia or Tam to basically carry the undercard and make the uh, the the in the mid card or upper mid card in important in things you care about. It it fills out the show a lot. The show's a lot better. 
Um, but when, and I'm not saying that it means you never make Tam or Julia or Starlight Kid the, the champions. That'd be fucking stupid. They're the top stars or some of the top stars. Uh, but it just feels it in retrospect doing this way. Now looking at it, it's like, uh, maybe it's just a bad batch. We got, we got a bad, you got a, you know, this is a bad simulation. If you just press reset on the, on the, on the PlayStation, it'll work out smoother, but injuries piled up and it just, it just didn't work out the way you you would have wished yeah. it would. Like if you had told me that Julia and Tam's white belt runs would have would have went out worked worked out this way after leaving Sumo yeah. Hall, I'd be like, you're out of your fucking minds. Um, yeah. it, it's 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 quite frankly shocking how, how this worked out. It is about an hour ago. Um, Kadani uh, revealed that they try to scale back on injuries and stardom. They're no longer going to hold major shows in the middle of tournaments. Good. Fine yeah. by me. You know what that means? If you want to do a paper, a big show, a, a a big show thing, it is build up like what they did on you know some of these uh, Grand Prix shows. Like they were selling those pay per views, and those pay per views had like stuff like Mayu versus Shuri on them. You know, Tam versus Shuri. Like Julia versus uh, who did Julia face? Um, remember when they blew like that? I think it was like a Utami and. Um, Julia match. It was like that was that set. was going to be the final night of the Grand Prix, but Utami ended up getting hurt, so they can't even blow it uh, off. There was some match they, they were going to do, and it was like, what the fuck? Like, uh, it was Julia and Utami because they had never touched, they had never right. had a singles match, but they, but they, that they ended up getting quote unquote spared by that because Utami got hurt and she had to withdraw. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. There's uh, there's been just a lot of injuries, like a lot of people being nicked up. You know, and a lot of people, you know, look, when I saw that Mayu had a finger injury and she sat out because of finger injury, I was like, all right, P- people drag, uh, look, p- there's a lot of injuries, also people are dragged because, like, we've seen Mayu fucked up and still go out there and wrestle. <laughs> you know, starting out needs some load management, you it's know. Been- <laughs> Shit. That's a good one. I mean, we also we turn starting to the Clippers. Oh my like, god. Ross is like, can you go? Can you, go? <laughs> you, you remember like Azumi got injured? Um Starlight Kid got injured. Um Nasboy obviously injured. Tam obviously injured. Like we had ton a rash of injuries this summer through up to now. So um you know it's a dangerous style they wrestle at the top. And hopefully Hopefully, like this doesn't happen again, where you have so many people just get get out here, just getting put on the shelf for even short periods of time, but especially extended periods of time. So, hopefully, you know we can now that Utami and Kamatani are back, we can, um, you know, kind of heal up some and get ready for a better 2024. Please have a better 2024. Please. Yeah. Um, there's a Julia and Azumi match uh, for New Japan Strong. Yep, they've uh, been building towards that now. for months. They've been building that towards that for months, and um, I started looking at it, and I was like, that New Japan Strong title just started looking like the ROH World Title in AEW to me, and it was just like, why the fuck do we have to care about this belt now? And then I was like, if there was no belt here, it would almost be more conducive without yes. the championship on the line. Yes. And because we know Azumi's not been here for that. And if, yeah. like, to be fair, like, I've said this to you before, I, I, I don't know if I said this on airport, but like, if I were going to drop somebody into America to get over from stardom, 
right in the in essential like bring him out to bring him to AEW, bring him to Ring of Honor, whatever, uh, and get over in one night. The first person I pick would be start would be Azumi. Um, so yeah, like it. I think she would do great over here, or and she's also had, you know, plenty of talks about her wanting to go over to Mexico and wrestle and wrestle in America. As well, she's never had a chance to wrestle in America because she was too young when they had the 2019 show in New York. But um, yeah, man, it just it just doesn't seem in the cards because like these IWGP Women's Titles have been albatrosses for this company. <laughs> like, like hey, yeah, we got we got two of your top of your five biggest stars, and we can't book them to win or lose or be in main events for your actual main belts that actually are the belts that matter. We can put him out here to have some match against somebody you know is going to get beaten. And they uh, still have good matches, but we know they going to get beaten. Like, I think yeah. the last real threat that we've had for the IWGP, either one of them is really when, like, Utami faced um, Mayu in the summer. That's it. There's a new blood show that got announced for November 23rd, Thanksgiving. Suzu Suzuki will be taking on Megan Bain. <laughs> All right. Cool. There's a six-woman tag of Ami, Mirai, and Shiri against Julia, Micah, and Mai Sakurai. And Nai Takahashi and Hanan will be taking on Natsuko and Ruaka and then Saeeda against the Scandinavian Hurricane. So, okay. Is New Blood still a YouTube exclusive? Uh, it's been hit or miss on whether or not it, sh- it airs on YouTube or, or they sell on a pay-per-view. Gotcha. Yeah. So. Well, that's all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anything else, Rich? Um. Nah. Not really. All right. So. Um. So we will mention one more time. Uh, I'll be doing a a show with Tunnel Talk coming in December, and there will be no live uh Twitch show next week. We'll get a podcast version um of the show. I just have to call it in to James. <laughs> um. But yeah. Besides that, we'll be back on the stream in two weeks, and um, we're still working out the location for FOH. So um, that's going to be very fun. Uh, we've got some, some stuff populating uh, the FOH channel in the discord. If you haven't joined the discord, make sure you find it uh, at the social suplex page. Go ahead and introduce yourself, come in, be normal. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, thanks for the CL. That's the end of the show. Be sure to raise on our app you're using and listen to this with. If you're watching the stream, uh, go to our podcast link, go to the show descriptions and uh, find the Red Circle link to donate there. And be sure to rest or be sure to listen to other shows on the network besides once your radio. Yeah, keeping a strong style. Uh, all things elite and imps WWE adventure. Um, thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Hating ass niggas will never prosper. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.